1: Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify.
5: Hey everybody, Eric Bischoff here, and have you heard about Strictly Business? Strictly Business is a brand new weekly series exclusively on adfreeshows.com. Join me and my co-host John Helba every Tuesday as we take a deep dive into the business of the professional wrestling business, and this is some straight-up business talk here. No fanboy nonsense. We discuss television contracts, advertising, licensing, and, of course, the highly debated ratings. So if you want an unfiltered, brutally honest, anti-fanboy understanding of the professional wrestling industry, well, Strictly Business is the series for you. And hey, if Elon Musk likes my tweets, and he did, you're going to love Strictly Business. Sign up now
0: It made national
3: headlines when it was announced that Ric Flair would be returning to the ring for one last match. And the story that unfolds leading up to that match will be told every Monday this month at 6.05 Eastern. We invite you to come along and witness the Nature Boy's path back to the ring for his last match. The -the behind-the-scenes discussions, the workouts, the promotion, the ups and downs, the blood, sweat, and tears, which will all culminate on Sunday, July 31st at the Nashville Municipal Auditorium, when Ric Flair will step through those ropes and enter a JCP ring for one last match. Mondays, 6:05 Eastern. RicFlair'sLastMatch.com.
0: Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to 83 weeks with Eric Bischoff. Eric, what's going on, man? How are you?
6: I miss you, Conrad. <laughs> I miss
5: you so bad. Don't ever, don't, don't ever do this to me again.
0: Oh man! Glad to
5: have you back. I'm glad you took some time off because I know you and the entire team are burning it at both ends. And I was happy to hear you were taking, you taking yourself out of the mix for a little bit anyway on the weekends, but, um, glad to have you back, brother. Missed you,
0: dude. It's been, uh, it's been a little crazy. We've had a lot going on. And, uh, then in the middle of all of it, like the day before our big press conference in Nashville, I got super sick and uh boy, it was just not an enjoyable experience, but I'm back now. And while I was gone, look at you, you sneaky devil. You're working on a new book at bischoffbook.com. What's going on with that, man? Yeah, I'm so excited about it. You know, I met Guy Evans
5: after his book came out, the Nitro book, right? And I think you had us, I think, on a panel at one point, and that was the first time that I ever met Guy face-to-face. But I was so impressed with the work he did on that Nitro book. He was so thorough, and he, did, he spent so much time and money, you know, getting interviews with people that we hadn't heard from before. And he just, the way he treated the subject I was so impressed with and not because it put me over, there was enough things in that book that I was kind of embarrassed to have to read, uh, but they were true. You know, and I don't mind that kind of stuff when it's true. Um, but I was so impressed with him. And then he reached, a guy reached out to me, I don't know, maybe eight months ago, maybe longer and said, Hey, you know, what do you think about doing another book? And I didn't really have an idea of what that would look like. And he said, we just pick up right where controversy creates cash left off, you know, your life over the last 15 years or so, 20 years. And I thought, well, that could be interesting. Well, what are we going to talk about that? We haven't talked about on the podcast, you know? And he goes, no, I want to, I want this about you, not about wrestling so much, but about you. And I started thinking about that because I've so much has happened, you know, it's hard to believe how much has happened since that time. And, I've gone through a lot. You know, Laurie and I have have gone through a lot. You know, we've had some spectacular highs and, you know, we've bounced around the bottom for a while, as you well know. And along the way, I've really learned more than at any time in my life to be grateful for the things that I do have and not worry so much about negative situations. You know, let them work themselves out. And it's a lot easier to work things out when you're positive and you're grateful for the things you do have than it is when you wallow in the muck. And I, you know, I wasn't like a depressed person ever, but frustrated and angry probably wouldn't mm. would be a good description, but learning how to be grateful, learning, looking at all the positive things that have come out of my life or into my life as a result of wrestling and how it's affected other people, it got kind of interesting. And, then as we started, Know, talking about it more and more and more, it started feeling really good. It's going to be a different kind of book. We're going to talk about all things wrestling. We're not going to shy away from that, but it's more some of the really important things that I've learned along the way and I'm grateful for. So that's what it's all about. And we're going to, you know, you can pre order the book now, bushoffbook.com. And for a limited time, if you pre order that book, um, you will get yours when it comes out, uh, autographed by both Guy and myself. And there's also a really cool thing in this book that I don't think has ever been done before. And I like doing stuff that's never been done before. We'll see if it works. But there's going to be a QR code at the end of every chapter. And the reader will be able to, when they get done with that chapter, hit that QR code, and there'll be an exclusive interview, or maybe more, uh, maybe one or two interviews, with people who are really the focus of that particular chapter and you'll hear their perspective on the things that I discussed that involve them. So it's a really cool, kind of interactive, yet still a tangible hardcover book. Um softcover and hardcover. But uh, I'm kind of excited about that. I love trying things that have never
0: been done before. So I'm super excited about the QR code. When we talked about it earlier this week and you sort of did the big reveal to me of this new idea, I can't wait to see it. Um And I really like that, you know, in a weird way, without you saying, so I got to think Mrs. B deserves a lot of this credit for your, your way of positive thinking here. I mean, she's lived her life that way. And eventually after 40 years, she wore your ass down and some of it started to rub off. How about that?
5: Yeah. I mean, that's a big part of it. Clearly a big part of it. Um, it took her a while. (laughs) Thank God she's a patient person. <laughs> yeah,
0: no kidding, right?
5: <laughs> yeah, or things could have wound up a lot different for me for sure. But yeah, that she was, she is, and and was a significant part of that transformation, if you will. And there's a lot of other things, you know, getting to work with you and and looking at the team that you have and and your family and watching you guys working together and you know just this relationship with you and the kind of cathartic journey this podcast has been has also been a big part of it and i talk about that because there was a i had a hard time talking about my past in wrestling even the good stuff you know i just i was trying so hard to run away from it that even trying to talk about it as you know because you're under you were on the other end of it um was was a tough thing for me until we started just going through it and i started realizing that yeah, a lot of good stuff came out of that. A lot there's of bad stuff. stuff. Yep, there's some bad shit. There's a lot of really good stuff that came out of it. I don't. I don't mean just on television. I mean in terms of how it affected people's lives. And that's a lot about. That's a lot of what we talk about in the book.
0: Well, I'm excited to see all about it. Of course, you can pre-order it now. Bischoffbook.com. That's Bischoffbook.com. Uh, go ahead and place that pre-order. You want the QR code? You want this bonus stuff? Uh, I'm doing it. I'm pumped about it. And, uh, I can't wait to talk about today's topic. You know, I love watching these old nitros with you. And last week here on the program, you guys took a look at bash at the beach, 1997, what a big show that was, well, this is nitro the very next night. Uh, so if you're going to watch along with us and we certainly encourage you to do so it's season three, episode 28. This went down on July 14th, 1997 season three, episode 28, Uh, but before we get going, I got to tell you that, uh, some stuff happened while I was away, Eric, and you and I haven't talked about this, but I actually managed to, uh, convince the wife that we needed a second chili sleep, not just the one I travel with, but now I have it in the upstairs master. Uh, you see, as you know, with chili sleep, you can get one that fits on just one side of the bed or on both sides of the bed. Next time you come to my house, Eric, every bed in the house, I think will have chili sleep because everybody (laughs) I know absolutely loves it. They get a better night's sleep because they get that deep rim sleep. And what's great is you remember that little story when we were kids about this bed is too soft. This bed is too hard. This one is just right. Well, that's, what's great about chili sleep. This is your ideal sleep temperature. So mine might be different from yours. And that's great because you can adjust yours. Now you can use it with the app that you sync up on your phone or just reach over and touch the unit. But my wife and I sleep at different temperatures in the same bed. The result, the best sleep of our lives. Chili sleep has greatly improved the quality of my life. You've heard us talking about it a long time here. I'm not reading copy. I'm just telling you my experience. I cannot recommend this enough you're going to have an opportunity to have a mattress topper. That's what Chili Sleep is. It's a climate-controlled sleep solution that helps you improve your entire well-being with the Cube Sleep System. Now, I have the Uller, which is the other version they have. Either way, they both fit right over your existing mattress, and you get to decide. Do you want it at 60? Do you want it at 80? Do you want it at 90? Do you want it at 50? Where do you want it? It's not just round numbers, too. You might really like 64. Okay, cool. Go for that. The point is... You're going to have the energy and confidence to kick tomorrow's ass because you got a great night's sleep. And the older I get, the more I realize there's nothing more important than good restorative sleep. I'm getting it every night. Thanks to chili sleep. Just last night, I slept nine hours. I couldn't have done that without chili (laughs) sleep. (laughs) That's, that's like a record for you, man. That's for you. That's a lot of sleep. What's cool, dude, is I don't have to like once upon a time sleep was the necessary evil, Now I look forward to sleep because I just feel better. And now I just wake up. I have my machine automatically warm me up to wake me up. Yes, that's real. Head over to chillysleepcom forward slash 83 weeks to learn more and take 30% off the purchase of any new cube or Uller sleep system. This offer is available exclusively for 83 weeks listeners only for a limited time. That's chili, C-H-I-L-I sleep.com slash 83 weeks to take advantage of our discount
6: Listen to the deal on Spotify.
0: So, dude, without further ado, I say we jump right into it. I'm fired up. Season three, episode 28. Are you ready? Ready. Here we go. In three, two, one, play. Every time I hear this music, I still get excited. I don't, you know, for obvious reasons, but it's so weird. Cool. Anytime I see those lights around the arena, I always know it's Orlando. And oh, we got I, Mr. Buffer. I, I know it's Orlando because I uh, I grew up being a, uh, a Shaquille O'Neal fan and who went to the magic. I watched as many of those as I could. But then I just think about your big show there with Flair and Hogan from 94. That Bash at the Beach is really the show that put this company, you know, on the trajectory that we see it on here in 1997. And what a cool look for this time. You know, this is a 25-year-old look, but it still looks badass today, does it not? Sure does. Look at that little kid that we're seeing on
5: screen here. He's probably 35 years old, bouncer in a bar somewhere in Florida, chick magnet.
0: Yeah, think about that. That kid has kids
5: now. Oh, my God. See, that's a mind bender for me. I, just, I start thinking about that stuff. I, get, I go into a rabbit hole.
0: What a Good nice looking set, man. I like that was a cool set. It feels raw. It feels gritty. Uh, it, it, it I love the presentation. It feels a little yeah, bit. It's, Im- it's impressive without being too flashy.
5: Speaking about impressive and flashy.
0: Oh, wow. They're having to drown her out because of the song. So here she comes. Kimberly looking as only she can look. And here comes. Some more of the Spice Girls. She's introducing them one by one here. How about this, dude? I, isn't this is this the first time we see the Nitro Girls? Is it really?
5: I don't know. I, I, I think it. Oh, there's Wildcat Willie. This is early. Yeah. I think this might be the first time we see. It
0: the is Nitro the debut girls. of the Nitro Girls. You're exactly right. Uh, Kimberly Falkenberg, along with some local dancers, the reaction here was mainly negative to it, but my feeling is that it's no different than cheerleaders at football games, wrestling as a live arena sport is part of the total entertainment world. As far as pro sports and purists are the last ones to catch on. However, the women are fine as bumpers coming back as the WWF used its short lived raw brand, but giving them a three minute segment as they did to open the show is a bad idea if they do it a second time. Now, of course, you guys well, didn't. Who,
5: who, who, whose comments are those?
0: Well, you can guess. Come on.
5: Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's arguable. You you wouldn't want to do this every week, but we needed to establish them.
0: Yes, and you know, I they think they that. needed to become a
5: part of the format, and you have to give them a little bit more time to kind of create some interest in them, and certainly these ladies had no
0: problem creating interest. Were these all local dancers from Orlando? That can't be real.
5: Uh, no, no, they're from Atlanta. A lot of them were from Atlanta.
0: So I assume, uh, I shouldn't assume carry us through how, how did the nitro girls pitch become reality? Whose idea was it? Who was sort of spearheading that effort and all that.
5: It was really Kimberly's idea. Um, truth be known. Uh, I, I was looking for, you know, we remember DJ ran, we used to use yeah. DJ ran, For the same reason that we want, we're trying to hold the audience's attention during commercial breaks. That that was a problem because you get all this action, you know, that you're live on television and you go into a commercial break and things die down, right? So you get this two and a half or three and a half minute lull. And I was trying to find a way to hold the live audience's energy so that when we came back, you didn't have to try to recreate that again. And I tried DJ Ran and that worked pretty well. You know, we had some fun with that, but I thought, you know, we need something else. And I was talking with Lori and I went out to lunch with Kimberly um, one, one late morning and we we're just kind of talking about it. And she said, you know, look at the Dallas Cowboys, look at all the cheerleaders in the NFL, basketball. And we said, why not? Why not? And I felt well, that's a pretty cool idea. And I, I gave her a budget. I said, if you can put it together, let's take a look at it. And she did, but it was really Kimberly's idea.
0: Well, I really, uh, think it was a pretty cool idea and I know that they had tried, you know, the, the valets and and the bikini card girls and all that on the, on the raw show way back when, but the nitro girls, man, made it. And and I realized that nobody would do that now, but it was a moment in time that. You know, it's sort of time and place it fit by the way, speaking of fit, you guys fit 10,515 people into the arena, 8,398 of them paid a gate of $135,852. So pretty nice little crowd here in Orlando the day after bash at the beach. And we're seeing some clips from that show. And of course you guys just covered it last week. 1997. It's almost like, uh, the best of times for WCW to me. And I know technically 98, maybe made more money, but 97 is like peak WCW to me. Yeah.
5: And, you know, putting 10,000 people in, in an arena for a live free, um, on free, a week, not a pay-per-view on a weeknight television, on television a show. That's kind of a big deal, especially coming off of a pay-per-view. So it, we were, we were very happy with these numbers, no doubt.
0: Uh, you know, I know I said it a couple of times, but it bears repeating on a weeknight. I think sometimes people lose sight of that, but. you you go look at the big arena shows and acts in your town and by and large, they all aim to be on the weekend because it's easier for them to move folks around. And that's even for adults on like a concert. But I think a lot of folks, especially in this age, they were taking kids to wrestling. Well, kids have school the next day. So, and I understand it's, it's July, but the point is you were doing it during school time as well. Uh, the, the ask of getting people to come out on a weeknight, and, and pay their hard-earned money to see a show they could just go home and watch for free. They want to be a part of this. Cool time. Alex,
5: Alex Wright, look, at, he's on top of his game. He's like, there's not a better dick dancer in professional wrestling in 1997 than Alex Wright. German beauty.
1: I know all these stupid guys that they are jealous of me because I got a great body and your girlfriend going to be with me, they dream of me.
4: And I know why all the ladies been tonight Oh my, to goodness. my hips. I know I can have all the women out there in one finger snap like that. You know, I think we
0: can help- I can have all the women out there in a one finger snap just like that. Yeah, kind
2: of
0: leave them. <laughs> sure. I don't know about that. I don't know about this one either though. I think his opponent if I have my, oh, he's your guy. Come yeah. on.
5: This is making your day. That's why you wanted to do
0: this show. Cause you know, the Prince was going to be here. Bromwell. <laughs> Paul Bromwell. Get in here. It's an Ikea episode. I don't think we have to go very long on this one though. So, Hey man, a lot has happened in wrestling. Uh, since, uh, I've been on the show here with you, anything new or interesting in your <laughs> world? It feels like every time we turn around, there's some other major story. Is there not? There is. And I mean, you know, the, the stuff going on in WWE and
5: the reaction to it and the speculation and look, it's a serious situation. There's no doubt, but there's so much information we don't know yet that I'm just not investing a lot of horsepower mentally in it until we hear more and learn more. Um, but man, the, the, the wrestling, Dirt Sheet Universe certainly loves this kind of stuff, don't they? They just love it.
0: Prince Ikea just leapfrogged the referee. That was fantastic.
5: See, now you're seeing the value in the Prince. You're seeing him for the the, the potential that we all saw in Prince Ikea. Oh, my God. This is so much heat here.
0: This is just. I need you today. To go do that for Mrs. B when you're standing out there I did it this
5: morning, dude.
0: Well, come on now. I mean, with the next to the rec when you pull your meat off that rec I need to see you dancing like that and look at the crowd. Boy, they were turned to that entrance because here he comes the gargantuan giant. I mean, he's got the long hair here. He looks like the giant let's track this. This is not going to end. Well, can't imagine.
6: Just now, Alex Wright sees the big guy there. Whoa! Look at this. A choke slam of the referee wants the microphone. Forget about it. The referee is gone. Oh, so is the prince. Wow. This giant is out of control.
0: My God.
6: One hand. Alex trying to make him...
5: See, Giants security. being so gentle he with these—not well, that one, <laughs> <laughs> not that one.
6: The whole security force out here tonight, and
5: they take to the get oh,
4: really
5: He just wiped road. up five Bodies of my buddies. I think I'm going to be six. Yeah, I'd
6: run the other way. He found a spot for him too.
0: By the way, if you're curious, that's Los Falano, Ciclope, Supercalo, and La Parca without their masks. Thank you for that.
4: I've got I've had it up to my throat with the N.W.O. All the way from Bagwell Norton 6. Hall. Macho Hogan and especially that Sex 11 goof named Nash oh boy Sting told me a long time ago how bad do I want it well after last night I want it real bad Sting I know that wasn't you that hit me with the bat. I know good and well, because Lex told me, Nash, it was you. You're on the top of my hit list. Don't even try to stop me. I've skirts through the building. I want some of him now. Nash, the coward that you are, come out here now.
6: Security personnel led by Doug Dillinger. Out.
5: Doug Dillinger there. We're going to see Doug Dillinger at StarCast. I'm excited about that. I haven't seen Doug since, God, I don't know when, man. Probably in 1999.
0: I don't think anybody's seen him in a long, long time. This is. I uh, cannot wait. He is truly a
5: great guy. And, man, you talk about somebody who's got stories to tell. He probably wouldn't tell a lot of them because that's the kind of guy Doug is. But holy smokes.
0: <laughs> Oh, I'm sure he's got the great stories. He's gonna be there, of course, as a part of Starcast is what Eric's talking about, end of the month. Hope you guys will come check us out in Nashville, Starcast.com, and there's Eddie Guerrero. Vicky Guerrero will be a part of the roast. I'm just shielding all over the place and don't mean to be, but this is gonna be a good match because we get to see Eddie Guerrero and Chavo Guerrero Jr. here in action. Uh Meltzer would say uh when it comes to the quarter hour breakdowns, WCW Open did a 3.0 for the Nitro Girls, right, and I, IKEA and uh then this Chavo Eddie match. The WWF did a 2.1. And they had the Hard Foundation interview and Stone Cold. So this is before he's uh, really the superstar that he's gonna become. Certainly he's on his way, but at that point. Prince Ikea and Alex, wright They had no problem taking care of all stone cold. That's going to change though. Over the course of the next year.
5: Do you think this might be peak Eddie Guerrero? Well, man, that's it's, its so hard to say. Cause his career is such a, he had such a phenomenal career, but it just seems to me like this was.
0: I think ECW peak. fans would say 95, but as for me, and I know WWF fans would say Oh four. But to me, I think if you, like, if I had, and <clears throat> this has happened a few times in my life, somebody would say, I don't understand why you watch that. Blah, 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 blah. Talking about pro wrestling. I could turn on the Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero match from Halloween Havoc 97. And they would be like, okay, now that was badass because it felt like a damn superhero movie. It felt less like pro wrestling and more like, you know, a superhero movie.
5: I like Eddie here, and when I say peak, I I kind of think I mean physical peak, not necessarily career peak. Yeah, because certainly he had, you know, as as a career highlight reel, his time in WWF or WWE would certainly, you know, claim the top spots there. But I mean physically, just watching him work, I love his size here. Yeah, you know, I think one of the downfalls of a lot of guys in this particular era, in with the cruiserweights in particular is they just felt like they had to be bigger. Yes. You know, and and maybe a lot of it was because they wanted to get into that kind of main event status yes. and out of the cruiserweight division, so to speak. But, you know, a guy like Eddie Guerrero, he probably weighs 200 here, 210, 205. And I just think that was a great weight for, for Eddie. And it also, you know, when the guys got the guys like Eddie and the cruiserweight division started packing on the size, they started packing on the injuries. Yeah. And, and I think it was, it was a, just a better weight for Eddie. Right. Right now.
0: Yeah. The, the, uh, the old famous Sean Waltman complaint to, uh, to Jim Ross was about a payoff. Jim, are you paying me by the pound?
5: <laughs>
0: Sean, by the way, happy belated
5: birthday, Sean Waltman one of the cool dudes in this business. He's come out better than he than he than he went into it and that's a that's an accomplishment in this industry.
0: Meltzer would say uh, this was a, a good match. Quote, Eddie has got the love machine. He'll gimmick down Pat and this was the best thing on the show, particularly since Eddie made his nephew look great. Um Eddie is is at this point arguably one of the best wrestlers in the world. I think most people at this point in 97 would say it was Shawn Michaels. And I guess that would be hard to argue right behind it. You got to think it's, it's Bret Hart, but Eddie Guerrero is probably top five at that point. Has to be. Yeah. Has to be.
5: And Chavo Guerrero, what, you know, I I just mentioned, you know, uh, Sean Waltman and how he's come out of the wrestling business actually better than, or in a better place than when he went in and Chavo Guerrero, same thing, man. Chavo's got a hell of a career. He was a producer, I, I think, you know, the wrestling coordinator for, um, what was the name of that show? That uh, female wrestling show that was on Glow. That was on Netflix for a while? Glow. Glow, yep. Yeah. And uh, now he's working uh, with Seven Bucks Productions, Rock's company, uh, and doing some of the same things. Uh, he was just in Australia for a long time shooting that show. So he's made a career. He, was, he found a way, one of the few guys in the business that found a way to... Create the next part of his life by using his wrestling experience, uh, and, and he reinvented himself. So, shout out to Chavo, man! Proud of you. You're doing a great job. Love, love to see you
0: succeed. It's crazy to think that Glow was done. You know, it was such a big hit and so well received and well reviewed. Another COVID nineteen casualty, I suppose.
5: That was a great show. Great it, writing, great
0: acting. It was compelling. Look
6: at here. Up on top. Too long. He took too long. He tried a frog splash.
0: I can't imagine and I know there's There's magic to everything. I understand. Well, not everything. Some stuff just fucking sucks. But like Finn Balor jumping off dudes and landing on them on his feet. I don't want to take that. And if somebody I can't imagine somebody wanting to jump off of something and then fall into somebody else's knees. I don't want to be on either side of that. No thanks. Nope. Pass. And that gets it done. Chavo tried a frog splash, took too long, did a little bit of a showboating before he jumped. That didn't get the job done. So Eddie did one of his own, crushed it, got the pin. And now it looks like he's teasing. Oh, it's a little smack talk. He's going back up top for a second frog splash. Lots of debate over the years. Who has the best frog splash? Is it Art Bar? Is it Eddie Guerrero? Is it Rob Van Dam? Is it D Lo Brown? What say you? I'm going with Eddie. Only again
5: because I think, and especially now at this weight, he got so he got so high. Yeah, it looks so effortless. Uh, I I'd, I'd have to vote for Eddie on that. I it, I haven't seen Art Bar's. <laughs> frog splash. I'd have to go back and find that, but I'd have to vote for Eddie.
0: I mean, AJ's got a good one too.
5: AJ's got a phenomenal one. Forgot about AJ.
0: I'm going with you though. I, I go Eddie. Eddie's my favorite. AJ, especially in team a, you know, he was a little younger. He could fly.
5: He could fly
0: so we're going to break here and it feels like a good time for us to take a break so if you want to go ahead and uh, look for the break here we'll press pause when we go to commercial but first we've got to hear from mean gene so out comes ddp and here's our second look for kimberly she's all over the show but you know what i'm good with that it's not like jimmy hark right (laughs) no i'm good with that He's starting to get over like Rover. Of course, this is the year that made him a superstar. This feud with the macho man and, uh, Kimberly's by his side. Let's see what him and Gene are talking about.
3: I was shocked. First of all, you had us on the edge of our seats talking about the mystery partner who would meet Scott Hall and the macho man, Randy Savage. Then it ends up being Kurt Hennig, a man that just came in and all of a sudden he leaves you high and dry last night.
2: Well, first of all, Gene, let's go back in time about six months. Six months ago, I had a match up in Minneapolis, and after the match I went out for a few beers. At the place I was at, I ran into headache. As we continued talking to each other, I realized we had a lot in common. We went to the same school, School of Hard Knocks. Wait a minute. And as we continued talking, he told me about the respect he had for me as far as my work ethic was concerned and how I'd come so far so fast. So when it came time for Diamond Dallas Page to find someone to back him up, my first choice, without a doubt, would have been Sting. But Sting's bailed me out so many times I didn't want to go there. My second choice would have been, without a doubt, Luger and the Giant. Either one. But they already had a match with Rodman and Hogan. Great job last night. Amen. So I got on the horn, I made a few calls, and I started thinking, without a doubt, Henning would be an excellent partner. I called him up. I asked him if he wanted to get back in the ring with me. He said he'd be there. I thought he was a stand-up guy. I was wrong. But I ain't crying, and I'm not even mad. Because I don't get mad, I get even. And know this, Hennig. It doesn't matter how many times I get knocked down. It matters how many times I get back up. I'm full of surprises. And if you don't believe me, ask Savage about La
0: T. Don't go away. So I'm at 22 minutes. Let's take a break right there, and let's tell everybody about that meat. I uh, I watched you last week on social media. I got an update seemingly every few hours, buddy. You're loving your rec tech. Those ribs came out fantastic. If you don't know what we're talking about, go check out Eric's social media. Uh, but man, rec tech, dude, they did it again, did they not? They did and
5: here's why I was so excited last weekend. I had so much fun doing doing those videos for social media because I, I consider myself a pretty good cook when it comes to the grill. I've, I've been able to get better than pretty good with a lot of things. And no brag, just fact. just it is what it is. But up until last weekend, I sucked at ribs. I just couldn't couldn't get my ribs right. I've, I wanted to have a great smoked rib, and I tried it. My friends would come over, you know, especially during the summer. We got friends and family, and everybody, what do you want? Oh, let's get some ribs. Great, and I they just sucked. They were just not as tender as I wanted them to be. So I thought, okay, this is it. This is going to be the day that I'm going to overcome this challenge. I am no longer going to suck at ribs. I'm going to find a way to do it. So I spent some time. You know, rectech has got some great videos out there and and I, I watched several of them and I found a recipe that looked good for us. And, and I started early in the morning and by the, I think it was about seven o'clock when we finally ate, I started at about eight or nine in the morning and man, I was so proud of those ribs. I was so happy to overcome the stigma of being bad at ribs that, it was a hell of an accomplishment, and a lot of that is direct tech because what I've learned, two things I learned, one I already knew, but the, my biggest challenge is patience, and that's across the board. In any aspect of my life, I have typically I have just only about a third of the patience that I really need. Sometimes that works for me. Sometimes it works against me. When it comes to cooking ribs, it worked against me. But the cool thing about RecTech is that once I once I said, okay, it's going to take six hours to do this right. Once I told myself, look, you can't shortcut that. No matter how, can't turn up the heat a little bit more. You know, get the grill a little hotter. Try to speed up, but just stick with the recipe. Two hundred twenty-five degrees, six hours. You're good. But the thing that I like about the RecTech is I can adjust that temperature. And I can I can hold a precise temperature on that grill for as long as I need to, and that's not the same with a lot of other grills. No, and that precision, that heat control, and that precision, and being able to stick to that recipe exactly is really what made the difference. And it really wasn't me; it was the grill, and and utilizing all the capabilities that that grill has. You know, I have like I'm not going to try to show you here, but on my phone I have an app, yeah, for my RecTech. Like if I wanted to right now, I could turn on my grill. I'm sitting here recording with you. I could turn on my grill. I could set whatever temperature I want. If I had meat on the grill, the internal meat probes in there, I can tell you exactly what the the temperature, the internal temperature that meat is. And that's the kind of precision that you really need to be a grill master, to be that guy in your neighborhood that everybody wants to come over your house because they want to eat your food. They smell your grill firing up. It's like, it's like flies, man. People just start showing up. You want to be that guy? You need to have that grill. It's, it's all about that. And the technology, the Wi-Fi technology, I just dig it. Man. I, just, I, could, I could sit 175 miles from my home and monitor the internal temperature of the meat that I'm preparing and adjust the temperature accordingly from a, an Uber if I had to. I love that, man. It's, it's a hell of a grill. The, the quality, the workmanship, the stainless steel makes it easy to clean. Like I hate cooking on a dirty grill. It's just, I can't get over it. And I go out there. It takes me about five minutes. I got that thing all polished up. It looks brand new. Like it's right out of the box. Love the stainless steel. Just, it's a great grill. I can't recommend it highly enough. Obviously.
0: Everybody I know is loving their RecTech. Me included. I've got one. Jeff Jarrett has one. Uh, Road dog has one. And you know, Eric loves his. They've got one for every lifestyle and every budget. Maybe you're looking uh, just to get your, your foot in the game. That's okay, man. $3.99, they hook you up. And how about this? Maybe you're a Mac Daddy professional griller. Well, they've even got a rig for you too. But what's best about Rectech is their factory direct pricing eliminates the middleman. All their grills ship for free. And all of their grills are made with high quality stainless steel. They're built to last a lifetime. I have to admit, I had another pellet smoker before. It was not the same quality as this one. Let me that tell you about close. this flagship model from Rectech, the RT700. It comes with a 40 pound pellet hopper, 702 square inches of cooking space, that Wi Fi controller that Eric talked about. Some of the competitors, one that I had, you couldn't turn your grill on remotely. You can do that here. It's even got a six year bumper to bumper warranty. You can bake, you can smoke, you can sear, you can grill, you can even dehydrate on this grill all with the push of a button. That's why those in the know choose Rectech. So it's time to toss that tasteless gas grill, that messy charcoal grill, or even that overhyped brand name grill aside and join an elite wood pellet grilling family. By focusing on flavor, convenience, and versatility, rectech sets the new standard in grilling. Visit RecTech.com. That's R-E-C-T-E-Q, and use the code Bischoff to get 5% off site-wide. That's 5% off their top-notch wood pellet grills. One of a kind rectech icer coolers, the chef tasted rubs and sauces, the accessories, the merchandise, everything on the site is 5% off. That's recteq.com. That's rec-tech.com, recteq.com. R E C T E Q.com. And use the code bischoff Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check.
1: Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to
0: do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And Eric, I'm at 22 minutes on Nitro and I'm ready to do a little countdown here. Here we go in three, two, one, play. More Nitro Girls.
5: Third time. And this was the show. idea. You know, the, during the commercial break, they're out there entertaining the, the live audience, but we wanted to use them as bumpers yes. into the show and bumpers out of the show. So it, it was pretty effective, I think.
0: I, I would say so.
5: The only thing that wasn't, the only downside was having that many hot women backstage. You can just imagine there were problems. Drama.
0: <laughs> that ensued as a result. There have been a few problems every now and again.
3: A few relationships. There were some good good things came
0: out of it. Sure.
3: Scott Hall are in a lot of trouble, and there's a couple of gentlemen that I want to bring in right now that would love and will get their hands on them tonight. Please welcome the Harlem Heat.
4: baby, One of
5: my favorite tag teams.
0: The most decorated WCW tag team in history. They won more titles than anybody else, period. But some respect on their name. Let's see what uh what Gene's got to say here.
3: They've been swerving you, they've been throwing a gentleman by the name of Vincent out there to distract and sometimes get you intentionally disqualified.
4: You know, Gene Oakland, we ain't worrying about Vincent the NWR nobody. See, this ain't 1962, and we ain't Lee Harvey Oswald. Ain't no patsies in this group, and tonight Hall and Nash we gonna whoop you two 65 punks like you stole something.
3: Stevie Ray, some say that you're without leadership right now, without guidance. You know something, Gene?
4: Let me tell you something. Tonight, we ain't got a title shot, but we gonna turn this thing, baby, into an old-fashioned ghetto street fight and show
3: these suckers that we ain't no joke. Now, can you dig that? I think I can dig it, and folks, you can dig it. That's coming up later tonight, bro. Tony, let's get back to you and the gang here on a big Monday night from Orlando. All right, Gene, so there it is. Later on
6: tonight, Harlem Heat will face the Outsiders Hall and Edge, members of the Wolf Pack. That's later on here tonight
0: in the night. And and I don't know if you heard, but... uh... Without leadership, I guess that means Sherry's gone, huh? So what's up? Oh, look at here—he he's buff, he's the stuff, and the girls can't get enough. It's vicious and delicious. I think is the tag team name for Scott Norton and. That's uh, a pretty Abba. cool
5: tag team name,
0: though, right? Oh, I, I love it. I like it. That could have been a real tag team right there. Like they could have they could have had a real run. Anyway, uh, Sherry, not a good fit with Harlem Heat or just uh, personal stuff? Uh, No, it wasn't that it wasn't
5: a good fit. I I think there were personal issues there. Sherry, Sherry hit a pretty long patch of tough road about this time. So it was unfortunate. I really miss Sherry. Miss watching her. a hell of a character. I think she's still doesn't get enough recognition for what she contributed to the industry. Agree, But yeah, it was just not working out for her at this particular time.
0: Another great WCW tag team. My favorite as a kid, here come the Steiner brothers.
5: Interesting. Now in the WWE hall of fame. And that's, that wouldn't surprise me. I didn't think Scott would, would ever get to the point in his life that uh, he could just put some of the negative things behind him and, and embrace an opportunity like that. But I'm really glad to see it. Really glad to see it
0: as a reminder
5: son is doing such a phenomenal job at WWE. I think he's going to be one of the big superstars in the next three to five years. I think he's going to, he's going to have a, a, a long and very successful career. And I'm glad to see that.
0: I don't know if it happens this coming year, but you got to think in the, in the two years after that, one of those years, they got to at least consider letting that kid win the rumble.
5: Oh, it'll happen. Yeah. It'll, it'll happen. We'll see him. at We'll see him at the, we'll, we'll be watching him main event, um, in the not too distant future prediction. No, No inside knowledge, but that's just a prediction based on his skill. And he's got a lot of charisma, man. He comes to the ring and you believe him. You believe he's that guy. He's that character.
0: Looks like his dad talks like his uh, uncle.
5: It's so funny, man. Just watching him walk to the ring, it's like, whoa. You know, I didn't know that you could inherit a walk, but you do. You can. So many of the mannerisms remind me so much of Rick. But, yeah, it sounds like Scott.
0: Uncanny. Fun to see. I've uh, that
5: word in a podcast before. I've never used to use the word uncanny.
0: Uncanny? Like that. That's your new thing now? Or is that just well, the first time?
5: It's different. I like it. I don't think I'll use it again, but.
0: So Sherry's gone. She was fired, uh, the week before on the seventh. Um, so she's out of here and, uh, you got some Georgia boys here trying to have a good time. Of course, Rick Steiner's transplant there, but you know what I'm saying? I loved him mocking buff Bagwell in the poses a few minutes ago. That was hilarious stuff. This era of buff Bagwell, this is heat, man. Is it not like. No, it's, it's,
5: he, you just wanted to choke him out. Yes. But he was having so much fun.
0: Yes, at he this is. Point.
5: I think this is pro- <laughs> probably one of the reasons, you know, Marcus has had a, a tough time over the years is it, it's hard to recapture that magic, man. You keep looking for a way to do it. But at this point in Mark's career, uh, at this point in WCW, at this point in the wrestling business for crying out loud, it didn't get a whole lot better. And uh, unfortunately, some people keep trying to you know relive those moments, and they're tough to come by. But this was peak Mark Bagwell, in my opinion. And the chemistry here is also really good. That's the other thing that makes this kind of fun. For whatever reason, you know, Bagwell had a certain amount of heat with you know a number of people, uh, but not the Stires. Man, they they had great chemistry together.
0: I was going to say, it seems like they get along fabulously.
5: Yeah, they did. They did, and they probably still do.
0: So they're going to go six minutes and 49 seconds here. Um, and we're going to see, I think a new member of the NWO pop up, uh, between, um, DDP's interview and the Harlem heat interview, uh, that did a 3.1 and we get a 3.5 for this match. Meanwhile, the WWF does a 2.5 for, uh, Brian uh, Lawler, or I'm sorry, Brian Christopher and Jerry Lawler. Taking on the putskys and uh, Takamichinoku and Tajiri got a two point five and a two point four. So you guys are pretty handily still in the lead. In nineteen ninety, you know, you
5: think that, that one point ratings difference hey, is check it out. Uh, probably check the it equivalent out. of about one point five million viewers.
6: Six, six
4: it's out of a the new world order, out of the same limousine. Everybody party at my house later, right down the street. Here's another The Wolf Pack. Is that Kevin Nash?
6: Kevin Nash. Well, two weeks ago in Las Vegas, we witnessed Conan breaking the leg of Rey Mysterio Jr. We also noticed that Conan had some eye contact, some form of communication with Kevin Nash.
0: So pretty anticlimactic, but that's how Conan became a member of the NWO. Uh, in a backstage skit where he's getting out of a limo, there was no beat down and spray paint and all that jazz. Now Conan's in the NWO, or k Dog, I guess it's going to become. k
5: Dog. But you know what? Not yeah, in, not a super impressive debut as a part of NWO. Nothing spectacular happened. It wasn't like a, a flashpoint for a story or anything like that. But Conan added so much charisma. Different kind of charisma. Not that, obviously, Scott and Kevin didn't have it, and even X-Pac there. But there was something really credible about Conan and and what he brought to the table. It really did change change the dynamic in NWO, and it made it more relevant. It made it cooler than it already was, and it was pretty damn cool. Conan really contributed a lot in that respect. And a lot of the stuff, you know, you go back and you listen to some of the interviews from back then that we do on camera. Um, a lot of the mannerisms, just a lot of the the dialogue, um, a lot of that came from Conan. And, and, and not directly from him. He didn't write that stuff. But his influence was, was very apparent to me early on. And uh, that's why I was excited to have him in the NWO. He added a lot of. Like I've talked about it before if you're casting a movie you want to cast the right characters and unfortunately I cast some some of the wrong characters in 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 the, in the Nwo early on uh the giant for example I don't think ever should have been a part of the Nwo but Conan definitely fit that was a good casting
0: who else would you have not put in the Nwo besides the giant just off the top of your head we're not working a complete list just is there another one Yeah, eh, You know,
5: I that one. just watching Bagwell here, there's a lot of reasons why I like Bagwell in the NWO, but it doesn't fit for me. You know, the pretty boy, metrosexual, you know, narcissist type of personality, it just didn't really fit as a personality, as a character. So I, I, that's an example of one that I think, in some ways, yeah, it made sense. But in terms of casting, eh, doesn't, doesn't quite do it for me. You know, Norton kind of does. You know, just a big, rough, gruff, not-so-flashy bad. Well, ironically, we used to call him Scott Flash Norton. But not a super-flashy guy. Um, he fit. But Bagwell was just too pretty.
0: Speaking of too pretty, Masahiro Chono and Great Muda are here to put a beat down on the Steiners. The NWO has just overwhelmed them. Something about Chono is just cool. I don't even know oh, how he, to describe it. He just looks cool. He just looks like
5: he just looks like a character out of a really badass Japanese Yakuza flick, right? Yakuza is the Japanese version of the mafia, I guess.
0: I, you know, this whole time yeah. I've called it Yakuza. It's Yakuza. Uh,
5: Yakuza. Uh, yeah, I would say it. My Japanese is a little rusty, but I think you know. To your Japanese, Japanese, you don't have you don't have accents on anything like you do here in the states. So it's probably yakuza. But in Huntsville, it's probably
0: yakuza. (laughs) (laughs) I love you for that. Oh God, that's so great. What a great little segment. What a great moment. We're going to commercial here on the program, but we're staying with you live here and, uh, you don't have to hit pause, Eric. We're going to just ride this one out, man, but God, I love watching old nitros with you. Let's watch this Saturday night plug. Let's track it. Number
6: one pro wrestling program, two hours beginning at six zero five Eastern time this Saturday in action. Harlem heat. Ming will be with us. Hugh Morris. we understand from the NWO six, as well as a statement. From the head of the executive committee, Mr. James J. Dillett. It's all this Saturday on WCW Saturday Night on TBS.
3: Right now, we go to Mean Gene Okerlund. Tony, I thank you very much. Uh, last night at Bash at the Beach, uh, for a gentleman that had said virtually nothing over the past two or three weeks, all of a sudden, some very close trying, I had an opportunity to talk to a gentleman by the name of Raven, who's arrived here at World Championship Wrestling. We do not know his status. He is very, well, he's very evasive when he talks about things relating to World Championship Wrestling, and especially his sidekick, his henchman, his stooge, some call him, Stevie Richards. Let's go back and pick up the comments from last night.
1: Trust and hate and love and fate, and I don't understand. Social grace, the human race confuse me. These words I speak bring forth a world of emotions. Emotions of dreams lost, dreams found, and dreams I'll never see. So it is written. So it shall come to pass. But the question is, will I or will I not be Diamond Dallas Page's partner? But isn't that the same question that I've been asked time and time again since my childhood. Isn't the question really, have I any dreams I'd like to sell? Quote the Raven, nevermore. Yeah,
3: I don't, I don't think know anybody what to would make of quote that uh, poetry, Edgar Allan Poe or whatever, but the Raven and Stephen Richards are here tonight. Gentlemen, uh, I wonder if I could prevail upon you. Uh, first of all, there was uh, some sort of a big announcement that was supposed to be taking place. You alluded to it last night in our live fashion at the Beach interview. Gene. Yes. Rules and
1: responsibilities. These are the ties that bind us. If we did otherwise, we would not be ourselves. I will do what I have to, and I will do what I must. The only announcement is... That there is no announcement. Quote the Raven. Well,
3: Nevermore. What, what what is happening? What are you doing? Trying to mic to name me again? Raven! Oh well, wait, hold on a second. Boss! You said if I signed the contract with WCW, hey! Oh, you just spatted his he's abusing them like a child. I can't believe it.
0: Tony, let's get back to you. Get up What was Mean Jean doing to his kids? To where he thought that was abusing someone like a child. I don't know. That
5: whole. You hated every minute. I I I don't want to be critical of Scott Levy, the person, but that character. You
0: hate it so much. Huh? You hate it so much.
5: It's not that I hate it. I just didn't see any value in it. And now I know why. I was right. I've been right all this time. I've been getting my ass kicked and abused because I didn't push Raven more. Well. You just got a good look at why. I and mean, that's just not compelling. I'm sorry. I'm mean, sure Raven got off on it. He felt it. He, he thought it was the right thing for him, but it just, it didn't resonate with me. And I took the chance. I said, okay, I, I kind of hate this, but you know, other people may dig it. So let's try it. I was right. That promo just proved it.
0: Well, my, I have a friend of mine who, you know, real well, Clint from Hershey, his favorite wrestling character by far. He really? loved he loved Raven.
5: Really? Yeah, couldn't get enough. I man. knew there'd be one or two. Oh, Clint's geez. one. I don't know who number two is, but listen, I'm sure to they'll you. reveal themselves down the road. I can't wait till Scott Levy sees me. He's going to give me the dirtiest fucking look.
0: A hundred percent.
5: And I run across him at conventions and stuff. You know, and he just kind of stares at me and snarls to himself. Never comes over and says anything. He's not rude or anything like that, but he, I just tell when he looks at me, he's like, oh, I can't believe you buried me 25 years ago, and you're still burying me today.
0: I'm not burying you. I'm just pointing out the obvious. I kind of assumed you guys would be big pals. You assumed we would? Yeah. What, what What would make you think that? I don't know. I just get the vibe that he's a pretty smart guy, and you're a pretty smart guy, and it just feels like y'all would have chopped it up.
5: Yeah. Who not knows? Something. Maybe down the road. Maybe maybe somewhere down the road at a convention, we'll get together. We'll have a a nice dinner and kind of reminisce and find out that we have a lot more in common than I think we do. So could happen.
0: Probably not. No, oh, I wouldn't bet on it. <laughs> <laughs> Mike
5: so, Enos, yeah. Chris Benoit.
0: If you're ever not sure how to pronounce Mike Enos's name, just remember his last name rhymes with something. And you, yeah, and you'll get it done. Enos. can you imagine the, the shit he took in school? That's the reason he became a badass.
5: I guess he, he might have been a badass. I don't know. I didn't know him well enough. you know I didn't know his personal life didn't hang out with him or anything like that. but if you met him, you wouldn't, you would not think of him as a bad, he's just a super super nice guy. would never I don't he's one of those guys that wouldn't step out of bug. It's just, it's just a nice guy. But. super strong, too. You know, he's a lot stronger than he looks here. You know, his partner for a long time was Wayne Bloom, and Wayne Bloom was twice as, he was three times stronger than he looked. He was weird. He was so strong. He was a power lifter. I think he held a record for a long time with a clean and jerk or whatever kind of power lifting thing he got famous for. And you'd look at Wayne Bloom, and he just looked, he looked more like a basketball player than anything else than a power lifter super strong guy mike was too mike's from a little town north of minneapolis uh i think it's called osseo minnesota he's just a typical farm strong kid speaking of farm strong kids guess who i ran into last night
0: who'd you run into
5: dan Severn. what yeah
0: wait help me understand there's
5: a uh it was a, a uh, Celebrities for a Cause event here in town. Last year was the first year. Uh, Ernest Miller and his wife were in town for it. Sonny and his wife were in town for it. And we had a great time. This year, Ernest wasn't able to make it. He had a date with CBS over in, in Hollywood for a new project he's looking at. Uh, but I was out to dinner. Mrs. B and I were out to dinner last night and waiting for Sonny and Julie. Julie is Sonny Ono's wife. Sitting there eating, and all of a sudden I feel this big old hand on my back of my neck. And I'm thinking, what the hell? I just, Who's, what? And I turn around and it's Dan Severn.
0: Wow. He was
5: in town for the event. We've got a, a, MMA card was in town. So Dan came in to give some seminars and came over to the house and had dinner and had a wonderful visit.
0: Never thought there'd be a time where Dan, Dan Severn got the invite to uh, the Bischoff compound before I did, but I see how it is.
5: Yeah, and, and unfortunately he he totaled his car on the way here. For whatever reason he drove out here and uh on the morning he's coming in about nine o'clock in the morning and hit a big old mule deer and totaled out his vehicle. He's okay, did get hurt, but he's he's in town shopping for a new car. <laughs> That's
0: gotta be tough in Cody, Wyoming. I mean, not a lot of choices, I would imagine. No,
5: I told him, I said, dude, you don't you do not want to buy a car here. You just do not want to buy a vehicle here. Not enough to choose from. And whatever is here is a really expensive, but, uh, not me. These wheels got to get home. So he's out car shopping.
0: Meltzer called this match where uh, Benoit beat Mike Enos in three minutes and 44 seconds with a cross face, a better than average TV bout and, uh, Castro GTX still getting that ad value all these years later, which is, uh, still remarkable that they leave those plugs in there. Shout out to these guys for making a good buy. 25 years ago and it looks like we're going to uh, a break here and i'm at uh, 4308 so we're going to go ahead and hit pause and remind everybody that uh, it's important to take care of yourself and uh, we've talked about the importance of sleep but the real thing we're talking about here is how you take care of yourself i mean how well would you take care of your car if you had to keep the same one your entire life and that's how your brain works. So why don't we treat it the same way? How we care for our minds affects how we experience life. And it's important to invest time and care into keeping them healthy. And there are plenty of ways to support a healthy brain, like learning a new language or taking power naps. And there's also better help online therapy. And I gotta tell you, BetterHelp is something that came on my radar this past year, or I guess it was man, COVID, time flies. Maybe two years ago now. Uh, but it, it was something where I think the walls were coming in on a lot of folks, Eric, and, uh, my daughter happened to be one of those folks who was really thrown off of her routine of, we're no longer going to school. And I'm going to be missing some of my senior and junior year. And there is no junior prom. And it was a, it was a tough time. Better help was there. And I, th- I can't recommend it enough. Uh, this has been a, a game changer for a lot of folks. I, I have conversations with our listeners every single week who tell us that things like this podcast help, you know, get them through some tough times, but there's times where you really need to talk to somebody and a podcast isn't enough, Eric. And that's why we recommend better help.
5: Absolutely. You know, we talked about it when we opened up the show, how much of a positive influence, you know, my wife has had on me over the 40 years, but not everybody has a significant other That's their form in that respect. Um, You need help every once in a while. I was fortunate. You know, I I have a a wonderful wife that could kind of get me through some of the rough times where I was angry at myself or angry at my situation. You know, not having a great mental outlook changes everything and not in a good way. So, yeah, I can't recommend the service highly enough
0: go check it out. If you haven't already, Eric and I strongly recommend it. And and we want to make sure that we're properly conveying that this is online therapy that offers video phone, and even like live chat only therapy sessions. So you don't have to be on camera if you don't want to, and you don't have to talk on the phone with someone. You can just chat, you know, just from your computer, it's much more affordable than in-person therapy. And you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. So why not take a look at this? Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash 83 weeks. That's better. H E L P.com slash 83 weeks. Seriously, go check it out for yourself right now. You're going to see, they got video, they got phone, they got chat only you can get started in under 48 hours. And it's much more affordable than you imagine. Much more affordable than in-person therapy, which I've done that too, by the way. So get 10% off at betterhelp.com slash 83 weeks. That's better H E L P.com slash 83 weeks. And Eric, right now I'm at 43 minutes and nine seconds. Here we go. In three, two, one play.
6: We are back live on nitro and the nitro girls are here. Oh, this
5: looks like a, a, l- a, a little bit of West side City. story going on here.
0: Dude, the, the, this is a great show to debut. The nitro girls on, I mean, I know it does feel like we're getting more of them than normal here, but for it to be the first opportunity, I get it. And I understand the criticism from Dave that you probably don't want to start every show that way, but you're exactly right. You needed to establish them. I think by this point in the program, we kind of get it like they're the WCW for lack of a better word, cheerleaders, right?
5: That's exactly it. Exactly. it. The I mean, crowd dug at the live crowd during the commercial breaks. They really appreciated it too. It was because there's nothing worse than sitting there and you're getting all excited. What's, you had a great match or a good finish, whatever, and then sit on your hands for three minutes. They made the they made the live event fun. It, Nitro, one of the reasons that Nitro was a success is created the format with the idea in mind that you we wanted it to feel like a party. We wanted it to feel like a party you didn't want to miss either on television or if you had a chance to be there in person. That's why we created the nitro party segments, by the way, that was all part of a strategy to make this feel like a party. And it made it, made it appointment viewing as a result. And the nitro girls had, you know, they contributed in that respect.
0: I think they should do. I mean, I understand that for a lot of reasons, as we see, by the way, last week where DDP dressed up like La Parca. And hit the diamond cutter on Randy Savage. What a big moment that was in nitro history. Um, I love wildcat Willie. Cause I love the idea that you guys were trying to, and here comes La Parca getting the full entrance, not coming out and dancing, no crazy chairs. So now everybody, oh, as he takes a peek back at Kimberly, who's still on the stage, the whole world is now wondering. Is this really La Parca? is this diamond Dallas page? Good. Who do stuff. you think it is? I think this is, oh, you watched the show in advance. Didn't you? I think this is La Parca. I could be wrong though. Anyway, I love wildcat Willie. I love that. You guys were trying to create a mascot for the show, create that live event feel. You certainly did it with the nitro girls as your quote unquote cheerleaders. If AEW was to decide. Hey, you know what? We're on TNT. We're on TBS. We, we we want a mascot. Wildcat Willie is how we got WCW. What would the AEW mascot be called? Oh God, I don't know. I mean, I, we could just go all elite Willie, which maybe sounds like something else.
5: Yeah, but no, <laughs> I don't know that whole AEW thing. And I don't mean to knock them, but it just does. It's a hard one. All elite wrestling I don't know what it is about it it just and even the the aew I just it's it's starting I guess because now it's been around for three years or so it's starting to feel more natural but in the in the beginning it just felt like an acronym for a plumbers union or
0: something I don't know what. look at here so Savage comes in attacks La parka and then DDP comes in the crowd is eating it up. <laughs>
6: Kurt a
0: punch, yeah, couldn't punch. His- Great segment here. He was calling out Kurt earlier saying, you know, he wanted sting. He wanted the giant. They weren't available. So he went with this guy, but he's not honorable. He no showed him. And now the result is he's laying lifeless in the body as we in the ring. As uh macho man climbs to the top rope to crush him with one of those elbows. You know one of the things that that I read
5: recently, Conrad. I don't know if you saw it, and I don't know if it's true or not. So I hate to comment on it, but I read recently that WWE is banning signs from the audience. I, I kind of hate that, hey, and I, I understand I don't, I don't why they're doing true. it. I understand why they're doing it, right? Because you, you spend a lot of money for a ticket. You bring your kids, and the guys in front of you are all holding up their signs trying to get on TV. I get it. I'm not criticizing them for doing it. It's just unfortunate. Because I think those signs made it feel it—it it, it was interactive. You know, you're giving the audience a chance to kind of participate in the show without distracting too much from it. Oh, here we go.
3: Page out here earlier talking about how much he has in common with me. He's got nothing in common with me. Let me tell you about Page. Five years ago, Diamond Dallas Page used to come up to ringside and ask me, Kurt Hennig, can I please have your autograph? And everybody in the locker room area and in the world still knows he's the biggest mark in the business anyway. He's got a tremendous work ethic. Give him his credit. He's got no worth ethic at all. Let me tell you about Page. If he tries to rebuttal, he tries to challenge Kurt Hennig, he won't last 30 seconds. And you know what the ro- rumor is around the locker room? What's that? He can't even last 30 seconds with that hose bag he called his old lady. Oh, please, just a minute. Whoa. That kind of talk will not be tolerated on this television program. If I. Hey, hey, hey. Wait a minute. Come on. Hey, boy. What do you hey, on, 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 oh, on, on, wow, Tonight, brother, first hand!
4: you can watch me run Jared off tonight. And then, brother, woo, we go to Treasure Island to party all night long.
3: Come on, kid. All right, that ain't your boy, Ric Flair, apparently making some kind of an overture to Kurt Hennig to be part of the four horsemen. He talked about pleasure Island in neighboring Disney world, that there was something going on over there. I don't have a clue. It's nitro. That's what we've come to expect. from. They-
0: what do you think of Kurt saying biggest mark in the business?
5: Oh. Uh retrospect 2020 hindsight i wish we wouldn't have done it um in reality eh, no effect one way or the other no harm no foul just i don't know just it's tacky that's it it's just i find it tacky
0: well you know what that means hour two of nitro is on the air and uh what what a First hour, man, I mean, a great match with Eddie Guerrero, uh, you know, at the time, a fun match with Chris Benoit. uh, we got the Raven segment. We got the DDP segment. We got to see a little flare. We debuted the nitro girls, pretty big stuff happening in hour one here.
5: And we got Lee Marshall reporting from Jacksonville, Florida, the voice of Tony the tiger,
0: right. Isn't it crazy to think that he did all that. I mean, he did all that
5: more, man. He had a pretty good career as a sportscaster in Los Angeles. Um, worked with some of the greats. I started working with him in in AWA. He called me the first time he looked at me, and he, well, the first time he he found out he was actually going to be doing a broadcast with me. I think we were in Chicago. He was, he was not happy about it at all. <laughs> called me the choir boy. Um, but we eventually, you know, we worked together and I learned a lot from, from Lee and we became very good friends, passed away a couple of years ago, sorely missed, but he was the voice of 20, the tiger for decades, crazy. right? Crazy. Every time I see that commercial now and I hear that same character voice, it's not the same, man. Not the same as Lee. Look at all that merchandise that NWO merchandise that you can still find today in the WWE <laughs> catalog, the That's online weird. store. One of the top sellers currently in Dude, the WWE, probably top, I don't know, eight or 10, I guess.
0: Nash in a wheelchair. Just great stuff, it, man. And he's hurting.
5: Problem getting out of the limo a
6: few minutes ago. Sure. If I knew the giant was looking for me, I look
0: like a douchebag
5: in that t-shirt. I don't know why I wore that.
0: That shirt in particular, or because it's tucked in?
5: Well, everybody wore their shirts tucked in at the, that point. T-shirts. You saw Kurt heading did the same thing, but no, just me wearing that shirt. Just,
0: eh, it's kind of lame. Yes, it's lame. It was a lame shirt, but somehow it was cool when Scott Hall wore it because Scott Hall. No, it's Scott lame- Hall
5: wore it. It was cool when I wore it. It looked like a yes dork.
0: Here we go. Yes!
5: It's too much! New,
2: new, new world order.
6: got to take care of, as you can see, one of the most powerful men on the planet is scared to death, is injured, and that's not the worst thing, as bad as it is, that's not the worst thing, you know what the worst thing is? There are people accusing him of being a sting imposter last night, you straight up in
4: front of millions of people around the world who love you wasn't you absolutely not I would never stoop so low as to attack another combatant from behind
5: but go Cam- oh, you Cheering me up now.
6: I know that you, you pulled yourself out of traction to make it here tonight because you've got a very important announcement that you want to make to the
4: world. You guys help me up because I got to stand for this. Be careful, be careful. Easy, easy, easy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Easy, easy, bro. What's
6: the merchandise? Come on. Please.
4: Please. K Dog in Las Vegas. You not only showed the Wolf Pack, the NWO, but you showed the world what you would do. The United States and the world. This one is for the Raza. Arriba la Raza! You have what it takes to be part of the new world order. Welcome aboard, K-Dog. They're getting stronger. And and K-Dog. Everybody knows that when you're in WO, you're in WO for even looking like Larry Flynn, I'm just too sweet.
0: What'd you think of that segment? 25 years later.
5: Uh, It was okay. It was okay. I think I sucked at that one. Somebody else should have been doing that. It just didn't feel right. Um, It's okay. It was okay. You know, when I go back and I watch this stuff, me being the kind of guy behind the scenes, pulling the strings, occasionally being out there and getting involved is one thing, but fronting that particular group in a promo like that, I I would have much rather somebody else do that. Looking back on it now, just didn't feel right. Didn't feel authentic.
0: Meltzer wrote, Nash said he was doing a Larry Flint but it was really doing a spoof on Bret Hart and the Hart Foundation. They brought out Conan, who they call K Dog, into the NWO. This segment, by the way, got a 3.5. Meanwhile, the WWF did a 2.8 for the Bariquas and Disciples of Apocalypse, who were having a brawl outside of the building. And uh, coming up next, we got Scott Hall and uh, Six. They're going to be taking on the Harlem Heat. And that gets a 4.0. Meanwhile, the WWF has a Shamrock versus Ninehart that gets a 2.6. So, pretty handily WCW is in the lead here. Meltzer would say, "We were
5: just bitch slapping them. That's what we were doing. This wasn't a competition. This was a massacre each and every Monday night. Just curb stomping, bitch slapping, outperforming, having a great time."
0: I want to mention um we talked about it a moment ago with, uh, Kurt Henning, using the word Mark Meltzer wrote about it. I think these, after these inside interviews, and I'm serious about this, when they use terms that 99% of the audience doesn't know that the announcers should translate the terms into English. I know all the announcers are afraid to go there, but if a wrestler says something that the audience doesn't understand, the announcer should really try and explain it to the masses. Either that or the wrestler should be told to do interviews for the audiences and not for the newsletter readers, the boys backstage, or the boys in the WWF watching on video the next night. So uh, he's a little more, uh, soapbox like about it, but he too doesn't like the insider terms on the program.
5: How does he feel about him today in AEW? Do we ever hear about that? Probably not.
0: Well, I don't have a thing I can quote, but I'm sure he's written about it. But I think even you would agree that it is a little different 25 years later, is it not?
5: Probably so. But even the term mark, by the way, you know, that's not a wrestling term. It's no. a
0: it, carnival it's term. It's a pretty
5: common term with regard to con artists and, and referring to people that con artists target. Um, it's not exclusive to the wrestling industry. I think the vast majority of the audience, although they didn't associate it specifically with wrestling and maybe interpret it the way wrestling uses that term. But it, it, the term is not an unusual term that's used outside of wrestling. I've heard it on a lot of different, um, dramatic shows or dramatic series and things like that. So it's, you know, I get what he's saying and I, and I don't, I don't really disagree with him too much. Um, but I think picking on that particular phrase in this particular interview is just a little a little much. You no, know, if he would have been, you know, if 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 Kurt would have called somebody a Miazark and done it in Carney, then yeah, definitely. That would be like, what the hell did he just say? Honey, did you hear that? Yeah, but using the term mark in the context of Henny used it here, I didn't find it that offensive. Harlem heat. Let's talk about Harlem heat. Let's do it. Stevie Ray do it nowadays. You know, keep a track, Stevie.
0: Um, I missed a call from him a while ago. I think he's still doing his podcast. Let's take a look right fast. See what he's up to these days.
5: I mean, Stevie's fun, man. I don't know how much you've, you've been able, how much time you were ever spent with Stevie, but he's fun.
0: Oh, he does a, uh, he does a podcast with your man, Vince Russo.
5: Oh, there you go. Well, know. Uh, not going to comment on his <laughs> choice of podcast partners, but I still dig Stevie. Hey, you still know, what, Stevie. we had
0: him at a StarCast a few years ago. The dude's in better shape now than he was back then. He's in great shape. It's crazy. And we just saw Booker uh, T a few weeks ago uh, wrestle again for the first time in a long time and his promotion, Reality Wrestling. He too looks like a million bucks. Those guys are like ageless, man. They found the Fountain of Youth somewhere wherever Dustin Rhodes was hiding it.
5: Yeah, I just uh, I, I just did a WWE episode for A and E with Booker last week, and we chatted offline for quite a while. He's a he's a cool dude. Should get to see about getting those two guys back together someday. Xbox, his ass whooped. Boy, can he sell though? That was one of the great things about Sean. Man, he
0: he was great at selling. He'd go all out for you, man. I mean, he's a good dude. Oh, great guy. A real salt of the earth, human being a testament to the wrestling business. Just an all around great guy. And I still can't believe as we're watching this. Oh, wait, I think that's where I could be wrong, but I think that's where he cursed that crotch chop.
5: Yeah. He get a little worked up. Push that. Push that uh, envelope a little bit with TNT from time to time. Look at Booker go. Hey, Booker. I never realized Booker's got the longest legs of anybody in the wrestling
0: business, I think, at that it's, point. It's crazy. Him and Stacy Keebler. It's like he's got a 42-inch inseam. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. That's why that, uh, spinner Rooney worked. It looked like a damn helicopter.
5: <laughs> it's a surprise. He didn't get airborne a couple times. Crowd, not really into this match either too much. Not yet. Anyway, kind of sitting on our hands, waiting for something big to happen. Of course, with Nash sitting on the outside, you know, they're expecting s- some chin, some shady shenanigans, man. Will you stop? Or I sp- thought
0: that was dead and buried.
5: I'm never going to let it die. I will keep it alive.
0: We got more t-shirts to sell, dude. Dude, look at Scott Hall. I can't believe he's no longer with us, but everything he did in the ring just looks so good. Speaking of those t-shirts though, we should mention adfreecares.com. You can pick up our shirts more affordably than ever and support 83 weeks and just show off, you know, one of your favorite podcasts. But not $1 comes to Eric's house. Not $1 comes to my house. 100% of the proceeds, I mean every single nickel, uh, goes directly to St. Jude's Children's Hospital. And we're so proud of that. So go take a look and see all the different podcasts that we've got on our network that are participating. If you see a shirt, pick up a shirt and do something nice for some families who really need our help at adfreecares.com. You'll see the shirts are maybe the most affordable on prayer wrestling tees and 100% of the profit goes directly to St. Jude's.
5: And speaking of the podcast network, how about click this Kevin Nash?
0: We just saw Kevin and we didn't even mention it. Thank you for reminding us. He and Sean Oliver have put the band back together every single Monday. So when you finish 83 weeks here, why not check out Kevin Nash's new podcast with Sean Oliver there. Covering wrestling and just two dudes having a chat. Uh, Kevin Ash is one of the more interesting men in professional wrestling, and you'll get his feelings on everything. And it's really a a different podcast than I think, you know, if you're just looking for a a traditional quote unquote wrestling podcast, uh, there's a bunch of those out there. Scott and and Kevin had a special relationship and that first episode talking about Scott Hall. It's unlike a lot of other wrestling podcasts that you're going to listen to. I can't recommend it enough. Go check it out. It's a a very touching tribute to, um, to one of his very best friends from Kevin Nash to the, unfortunately, no longer with us, Scott Hall.
5: And Kevin is, you know, he, he likes to talk about things that are contemporary, things that are important to him, whether it's in the news or not. And the thing I always enjoy about Kevin when I get a chance to hang out with him a little bit is we r- rarely talk about wrestling, but we'll talk for hours about a lot of other things. Kevin is very, very well-read. I mean, he he has strong opinions, but he's researched those opinions. Very interesting cat. You can talk about music, talk about politics. You can talk about business, um, finance. He's, he's a real estate, whatever. He's a very, very smart guy. So you're going to get a, you're going to get a diverse set of topics. I think anytime you listen to that
0: show, no doubt, we should mention this show here is, um, the night after the, 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 uh, bash of the beach pay-per-view. And now we're on our March towards your favorite event of the year. Or maybe it's not, but everybody thought it was road wild 1997 coming up. Of course, Hogwild was 1996. We got a little trouble with Harley Davidson. So we rename it road wild 1997. We're on our March there. You've uh, taken a fair amount of shit for that show over the years. Have you not?
5: Yeah, I sure have. But you know, I, I would do it again. It's one of those things, you know, we always talk about the benefit of hindsight and you know, 2020 hindsight or whatever, um, I would still do that show. I would still approach it the same way that that show had a much more significant impact on WWE's financial success than any dirt sheet basement dwelling dweeb would ever begin to understand. Um, and I would do it again. It gave that, it gave that pay-per-view a personality. It wasn't just a, another pay-per-view in another arena with a different name. It had its own personality And it has downsides, no doubt. But the upside financially, long-term, probably one of the smarter things I did business-wise. Not necessarily for the audience, but for business, smart move. The GTX commercial that you were commenting on a little while ago that's still there, guess why that's there? Because of the commitment we made to Sturgis. Yeah. All of a sudden, the gas and oil category, which was elusive, we couldn't get a gas and oil. And those are the kind of sponsors you want because they have a lot of money and they spend it all year long. And we couldn't get them. We couldn't get them. We couldn't get them. Guess what? We got them. And a lot of that had to do with Sturgis, as well as some other initiatives we're doing. Like when we got got involved in the NASCAR business and had our own Bush Series car, Uh, that was another big move financially didn't really impact the television product much, but certainly impacted our bottom line as did Sturgis in a positive way. Yeah. We gave up some, we gave up some revenue on ticket sales. Yep. We probably quadrupled the amount of money that we didn't make or would have made in advertising and sponsorship. So there you go. It wasn't my favorite one. Halloween Havoc was my favorite. The first Sturgis we did, to be honest with you, was a blast because it was an adventure. You know, none of us had ever been to Sturgis before. We'd all heard about Sturgis, and there was a lot of anticipation. And of course, getting together with you know fifteen or twenty of us, or however many, and actually doing the ride from Minneapolis to Sturgis, yeah, that was very, very cool. Um, but after you've done it once, coolness kind of wears off. And now it's just a job. And it was a tough, you know, Sturgis was really tough, physically tough on everybody from production, people, office, people, anybody that was there, it was hard to get around. It was hot. It was dirty. It was just tough working conditions. But again, I I'd, I'd do it again. There we go. Crowd's alive now.
0: Oh, look at Nash. All of a sudden he's no longer. Oh, but he tweaked it on that landing. I guess. Darn it. It's tough to see the way it just acts up. Looks like Scott Hall's got him set up for the outsider's edge. Let's see if he can finish off Booker T here.
6: Booker T! Going nowhere. That's a big man that he delivered that outsider's edge to.
0: And that'll do it. Let's do some questions here, Eric. Uh Joey wants to know when you featured Goldberg in the dark match, because Goldberg was in the dark match here, did you already get a response that said, Hey, we could do something with this guy? That's an interesting question. When do you remember someone like really putting him on your radar? Like, Hey, I know he's not on TV yet, but we got something here.
5: Oh, I I think it was Terry Taylor that gave me the the Yiggy early on that, um, the bill was something really special. And I, I think the very first time he came out for a dark match, I don't think it was
0: here. Um, no, it was in Macon, Georgia, June 23rd.
5: Yeah, I mean, the very first time he came out, of course, we wanted to see the reaction. It's one of the reasons you do dark matches, to see how the talent is going to react to a live crowd. And Bill didn't react to the live crowd. The live crowd reacted to him, which is very unusual for a dark match, right? Because a dark match happens, you know, about an hour before the show starts. Typically, people are still kind of filtering in, you know, grabbing their seats. Nobody's really expecting much. You know, people are used to people that have been to a lot of the live events, knew that the dark matches were going to, you know, happen. Didn't really look forward to them too much. It was just kind of like background noise, right? Not when Bill came out. Bill came out and it was like, like I, I, it was a reaction that I'd never seen in a dark match before. First one, second one. And it wasn't, you know, shortly afterwards, like, dude, we got to get, we got to fast track this dude to TV because he's just connecting with that crowd in a way that none of us had ever seen before. It's intensity.
0: It's interesting to go back and think about, you know, how this all unfolded. He, he worked, a, his first dark match was in Macon, Georgia, June 23rd, the very next day in Dalton, Georgia on June 24th, uh, he did a WCW Saturday night taping. But the next time he's in front of a crowd is here in Orlando, uh, July 14th. And we know he's going to debut on TV with a win over Hugh Morris in September. Well, his opponent here. Hugh Morris. Now you guys aren't calling him Goldberg yet. You're not even calling him bill Goldberg yet. You're at least introducing him to the live crowd here as bill gold. So bill Gold. I could forgot have about there. that. Oh, just about that. Just for me and you, and maybe a couple of friends of ours, the other dark match that night, Joe Gomez picking up a win over Jeff Bradley. Gomez of course friend of the show. No,
5: that was jumping Jim Gonzalez. Sorry,
0: (laughs) to say he ain't jumping much anymore. He and I could fuck up a buffet. (laughs) Uh we just Uh, saw an incredible introduction from uh the great Muda here, Masahiro Chono coming out with him along with uh Virgil. And you can tell from looking at the crowd and seeing those hands go crazy, it's the public enemy. Let's do a few more questions here. Brandon Wayne wants to know the Nitro girls came on the scene right around the time the women's title is phased out. Would those two elements of the show been able to coexist moving forward? If WCW had tried it, that's interesting. I guess, of course, these days, I don't think anybody would do, uh, the whole cheerleader gimmick. I mean, they could other sports shows still do it, but just time and place. I don't think it would work, but back then, could you have, Worn both hats. we got a women's division and we got this going on. God, why not? I can't think of a
5: reason why not. I mean, it wasn't like we were, we intentionally set about to just ban the women's division because we were bringing in the nitro girls. Right. It was coincidence, but I, I can't imagine one reason why um, they couldn't coexist and, and probably do so successfully.
0: Uh, here's another one, uh, where the fake locker room interview sets located at a venue and when were they shot? That's all backstage, right, dude?
5: Yeah. All of that was backstage. Uh, we, we traveled with those sets part of the, part of the road show.
0: Um, another one here, Fact or fiction. Kimberly page is the most iconic woman to appear in nitro's history. That's kind oh, of hard. I, I I don't agree with that at all. Who who would be the most prolific woman featured on Nitro? I,
5: I think for me it was Sherry. Okay, I,
0: I really do. Even though she was gone, now, I mean she was here for less than two years, but that was it. You think?
5: Yeah, I think she had. Yeah, I, I mean iconic. You know, I I guess that word can mean different things to different people or whatever. But I I think in terms of impact and contribution and memorable moments. I mean, what memorable, you know, Kimberly had a few because she got involved in storyline stuff. She did. Um, But I I don't think you could compare the things that Kimberly did outside of the Nitro Girls uh, in ring to anything that Sherry did at all. I mean, she was such a part of the success of Nitro early on.
0: We see uh, the public enemy here. Actually, having the upper hand here over the great muda and uh, masahiro chono
5: i'd have Uh, to go back to it going back to that question i i I think medusa you know dropping that belt yeah in the trash that is still a moment that people yeah share social on social media and talk about um so i i i'd probably I'd, i'd I retract my last vote for Sherry and probably give it to Medusa in terms of being iconic because I was, again, that's still an image that's floating around out there all the time in social media.
0: Uh, Bobby wants to know, Eric, why wasn't the giant told to keep his promos at a lower voice level? I think had he done that, it would have made his promos more effective. What say you,
5: I agree with that. I agree with that. Why wasn't it done? Uh, that's on me. Um, I, I, I didn't direct him well enough. Uh, I certainly agree and have really noticed a lot. Now, just with you going back and watching these shows, and I, I look at them differently. You know, my my producer's eye is different today than it was 25 years ago. But when I hear the Giants promos, um, in fact, I think I pointed them out to you before. When he speaks in his natural voice, very believable, very credible, very intimidating. When he tries to be a giant and project that giant, it's just, I, eh, okay, you lost me. You know, you're pushing too hard. Don't need to do it. But I didn't see it then. So that one's on me.
0: It's, uh, it is fun to go back, you know, with the benefit of hindsight and sort of say, shoulda, woulda, coulda on some of these. Uh, 2K- and it's,
5: you know, and it's not a bad thing. You no. know, you learn, you grow. Well, yes. You, no, it's like you know watching game films after a game. It's like, oh, oh, wow! Next time, let's do this differently. It's, you just got to grow through it, and that's why I say my my eye as a producer is much different today than it was. I was learning on the job, dude. Nineteen ninety seven, I was still figuring shit out on the fly. Um, but now, twenty five years later, having had a lot more experience and having been involved in other types of television other than wrestling also gives you a different perspective that I didn't have back in 1997, but I enjoy that. I enjoy that if, if this, if I was in that same situation today with, again, using the giant, which I, had, what would I have done differently knowing now what I didn't know then? how would I, I like doing that, man. I have fun with that. I play that game in my own head often, not as a way of, you know, being negative or beating myself up or anything like that, but just as, you know, okay. How would I apply what I, and I do the same thing in life in general, right? What decisions would I make differently?
0: If I would have known then what I know now It is a way of kind of learning from shit. Sure. To count Kyle wants to know, Hey, Eric, love the show. Was there ever any consideration of booking Goldberg as more of a working style in his match rather than the squashes. When did it become for everybody that the squash and the streak was the way to go for bill was bill always happy with this or did he ever want to show more? Keep up the great work, Easy I could and do listen to you talk for hours.
5: <laughs> um, well, thank you for that. And, no, again, kind of tagging back into or tying back into what you and I were just talking about a little while ago. When, when Bill started coming out for his dark matches, you know, we, we didn't have any idea that we're going to go with the streak and the squash matches, any of that early on. Obviously, it wasn't pre-planned. But when you see the reaction when we saw the reaction that Bill got in those dark matches and how incredibly powerful that reaction was to a guy, the audience had never seen before and had never heard of before. Right. Um, that made us all go, okay, I know we probably didn't plan on making him a big character on TV or putting him on TV for another six months or a year. Cause he just, he was still in the power plant learning basics. But when we saw that reaction it was like, Oh, we can't wait. This guy's special. How do we do it? Well, because he didn't have the repertoire, the experience, or the confidence to go out there and have, quote, unquote, a working style match, um, we only had one choice. Right. And that was, okay, he can only do three things really, really well. He hasn't learned how to sell yet. Selling isn't believable. Huh. What do we do? Oh, I know. We just have him go out there and kill people, squash people. Feed him, as many people as we can find to feed him until he gets that experience to be able to go out and have a match that represented a body of work and, and ability. But we knew that wasn't going to happen for a while. So I mean, the, the squash matches were more of a, a function of necessity and, and lack of patience <laughs> that I was talking about earlier on. Um, let's rush him into the ring. Let's give him something to do he can do without screwing up and build a monster and that's exactly how it came about
0: uh it worked too uh michael th- bills case it worked in bills case because of
5: that intensity he, his intensity was raw it was palpable you could feel it you could almost smell it taste it and he was consistent with it he never lost that intensity that intensity was his character and that's why it worked
0: I look at the trash. Even the dumb shit in. that
5: he did, you know, like banging his head on walls and sticking his fist through windows. That's just that was Bill being Bill, you know, and and, and a lot of that was because of the pressure he put on himself. It was a fun experience to watch. Sometimes has been paid for
4: by the New World Order. Here's the deal: Hollywood Hogan strips as hot as they come, but now real hot rod. You'll be
2: the man for life. Get your Dennis Rodman NWO t-shirt for just 20 bucks. Call 1-800-NWO-0242. It's about time to kick some serious, serious butt. The preceding announcement has been paid for by the New World Order.
0: Is it a little lame to have Dennis Rodman say, time to kick some serious butt? Yeah.
5: Yeah. That was
0: soft, right? I mean, you know... I understand I'm trying to serve both masters and all that, but Lord.
5: And he didn't even sound like himself there. It was so unnatural for Dennis that he he, he had to force it out. And it yeah. didn't even, it didn't even sound like Dennis's conversational voice.
0: Oh my God. Will you look at this? The this pret- is horrible. The pretend horseman. I cannot believe that the WWE announced that he's the special guest referee in that tag match at SummerSlam. Do they not know who he really is? I guess not. How does he keep doing this? Like I know uh, back when he, and I were friendlier than we are these days, he, uh, I would joke that, man, if, if cats have nine lives, Jarrett's have 10, but yet somehow earlier this year, he winds up Sliding on to the biggest GCW pay per view ever. Apparently, there's all kinds of drama he left in the wake there. Now, we got this whole pretend babyface nonsense at SummerSlam. I'm just, I think I've had my feel of Jeff Jarrett I know what you
5: mean, especially about the the nine lives or 10 lives or 12 lives. It's like this guy's just, he's like a professional cockroach. You just can't kill him. He keeps coming back to life. I don't get it, but whatever. Got to hand it to him. He's persistent. The horrible dresser. Look at that gimmick,
0: dude. It looks like Venetian blinds as gear and he's taken on, by the way, I should mention, this is Jeff Jarrett as we're watching, this is his 30th birthday. So his, his little narrow ass dreamed of being a horseman his whole life. All of his aspirations were about being on the big stage and achieving this. And now he's in there with the greatest wrestler of all time on his 30th birthday. This guy could fall in shit and come out smelling like roses. (laughs) I don't think anybody could say it better. That's funny. They're going to go five minutes and 25 seconds here. Of course, there's been discussion since October of, uh, 1996 at this point. Is he a horseman? Isn't he a horseman? You know, a little uh, essentially playing hokey pokey. And, uh, now here we go. We got Ric Flair. And Jeff Jarrett on his 30th birthday of all places in Orlando, Florida. We should mention WCW got a 4.0 rating for public enemy taking on mudo and Chono. Meanwhile, WWF got a 2.7 for the Godwin's LOD angle. And then Vader versus flash funk, uh, WCW, which usually owns the final quarter hour fell to a 3.9 for flair versus Jarrett and this Luger interview and NWO sting finale. That got a 3.3 for the WWF tag match, which was the dude love debut. So pretty memorable moment in time where you've got the nitro girls debuting on the exact same Monday as the dude love persona Conan joined the NWO here. Stupid ass. Jeff Jarrett had his 30th birthday and his wet dream come true of wrestling Ric Flair.
5: Well, you've really, you've really gotten sour on Jeff. Haven't you?
0: Yeah, I have. Tell me about, I mean, look, kind of obvious, but this one's hitting you pretty hard. Well, the deal is I've I've been working my ass off to try to put together StarCast five. And once upon a time, he's the guy who helped connect me with fight. And so StarCast one through four, we're all on fight StarCast five at the end of the month will also be on fight and make no mistake about it. That's because of Jeff Jarrett's relationship. And I appreciate that. But then he shows up at the press conference and just go be a WWF stooge and get the fuck out of here. Like that'd be good, but no, we're going to make it's sure gonna be about him. Yeah. We're about him. We're at the press conference and we're, uh, we're wrestling Rick on our 30th birthday and we're the baby fa- We're, we're screwing over Effie and GCW and, uh, we're, we got our, our baseball team and our podcasts and our, and make sure we take Karen everywhere we go and all that bullshit. And now, oh, I'm the baby face referee. Why? Cause it's in Nashville. Just. Well, he did get the key to the city though. No, he didn't. Right. That was Ric Flair.
5: Oh, it was Ric Flair. I thought, I thought Jeff got it as well. No shit.
0: No, Jeff lives. No. In Na- Jeff's lived in Nashville 50 years. He ain't got the key to nothing. He's got the key to his Tahoe. <laughs> rick flair was there for an hour and got rick flair day they renamed the fairgrounds the Flairgrounds. there's no comparison comparing rick flair and jeff jarrett's like comparing ice cream to horse manure
5: but do you think kidding aside do you think that part of what's bringing the worst out in jeff and revealing this part of jeff's personality which by the way we've seen over the years you know jeff is you know he he likes to come off as you know white bread, baby face, you know, pure as a driven snow, positive thinking, Jeff Jarrett. And a lot of that is real, but there's a dark side to Jeff Jarrett. And that dark side has revealed itself over the years. But do you think in, in the case most recently, it's just, you think he's just jealous? Is that that what did it?
0: Oh no. I just think, you know, he's Mark Madden used to call your old pal DD me. I just think, you know, Jeff, Jeff overvaluates his importance to wrestling. And, you know, he, he grew up in the Memphis area and he saw Jerry Lawler saying a loud and clear voice, I'm the king of wrestling. And he thought, Hey, if I just say it often enough, people will believe it. <laughs> well, uh, they grew, do. they don't, they don't. Oh, there you go. Put his ass in a figure for where let's get all of this. Uh, Adam Leeson wants to know, was Eric ever nervous performing a promo in front of the likes of Hogan, Hall and Nash? That's an interesting enough question. I mean, certainly you're the boss, but you're not exactly a 30-year vet at this point. Are you ever nervous to cut a promo in front of this, some of these guys who've been doing it at a high level for so long.
5: No, I, I never was. I never got nervous. I, it was always fun for me. I never, and I still don't to this day. I get excited. That's not the same as nervous. Um, it is. It's a very it was always very natural, natural for me. And keep in mind, I'd as far as on camera promo time, I'd had a lot of it starting in 1987. And you know, it's one of the great things about doing play by play and learning how to become a decent play by play person is you get real comfortable talking. And I, I it was just felt very very natural. And I'd be remiss here you know, as we're seeing Steve McMichael. I just saw a shot of him recently on social media that just my eyes welled up with tears and I felt it. it, And I I can't hardly even talk about it, but as I was starting to cry, to be honest, um, I look closer at the picture and Steve's smiling from ear to ear. Just incredible. He is, he is the toughest son of a bitch on planet earth. To be able to smile in a situation like Steve is fighting right now is to me, he's just, he's an amazing person.
0: No doubt. And, and thankfully he helped run uh, Jeff Jarrett out of Dodge. He's, he's the gift that keeps on giving he to, is this <laughs> to this day. To this day. Uh Meltzer would say uh, Flair had Jarrett set up in the figure four, but an enraged McMichael hit the ring, and along with Benoit, they destroyed Jarrett, Flair looked good again. Uh probably a, a big moment for Jeff, but this is an interesting time because we're just a few months away from the big My Spot promo and where Kurt is essentially going to be gifted Arn Anderson spot in the four horsemen, which at that point, I guess at this point we should say, it's Ric Flair. Arn Anderson, who's no longer an in-ring competitor, Chris Benoit, Mongo flair. So if Arn's out and we can slide in Kurt, man, what a group that would be. Of course we know doesn't last very long. And Michael wants to know, I always thought one big misstep with Kurt and WCW was the swerve from joining the horseman to the NWO so quickly looking back, would you have still had him join the NWO right after joining the horseman or would you have done things differently?
5: No, I would de- definitely would do that one over again. <laughs> that, without question, first of all, that's a great question. Yes, number one, and without any other questions, I would have done that differently, for sure. That was just too fast, and there was no real story behind it. There was no real motivation that was clear behind it. N- n- not enough. So yes, no doubt. We got I'd Lex
0: Luger for do over on that got Lex Luger coming to the ring here and and Meltzer would say the total audience watching wrestling during this last segment, uh, not to mention one of the highest combined versions of the live audience would easily be the most of any Monday night in at least recent history. So even though this is not a go home show from a pay-per-view, it is, I guess, like a pay-per-view hangover show. And that (laughs) combined with a pretty, uh, pretty important historically Monday night raw. You know, with the the debut of the dude love character, a big old crowd here watching TV in the summer, which depending on who you believe I've heard is historically not the best time for TV ratings in wrestling, but it was something was working here. I think it's the old, Hey, if they want to see it, they will. If you build it, I hate that sounds so corny, right?
5: But it's true. What was the combined rating for the, for the two quarters 4.21 2,
0: 2. million homes on average. What was it? 4.21 million homes on average. So to be combined. clear, these that da- yes, combined, but these days, when we talk about millions, we're talking about people back then, Eric, we're talking about homes. So if you just did a two person average, uh, you got over eight and a half million people watching raw here and uh, raw and nitro here. Pretty crazy. It's crazy, and
5: what's crazier are there actually people out there that believe it can't be done again. I I don't believe it will be done, but it can be done. It's tougher, no doubt about it. Things are different in television. But you give them something, you give the audience something that they'll enjoy, they will come back. I got to. There's tr- still television shows out there that draw 14, 15 million viewers each and every week. So people still do watch television. And anybody that's convinced that you can't get them back because they're watching things on other devices, all of which is true, but that's an excuse. They can come back. Just got to give them a reason to, folks. Dare you? As Scott Hall would say, dare you?
0: <laughs> I want to mention. uh, I don't, again, I'm not an expert. I do freaking mortgages, but I'm about convinced. Maybe I've just worked myself up in my head here, but I'm about convinced that whoever figures out how to present wrestling on demand, they're going to win. Like my wife and I binged the boys and you know, I don't even watch superhero movies. I hate all that shit. But the boys is so good and it's on demand and you can go way over the top with the stuff you can do in streaming compared to TV. And I'm just more convinced than ever that if someone can figure out how to present wrestling on demand and not make it a live only property, so to speak, God, they're going to win. Are they not?
5: I agree with you. But if it's not live, what element do we need what is that what is it that's going to make that on-demand format work what what is that show going to have that the current product doesn't have right that's going to compel people to make that shift in in
0: habit and i think it's story yeah i really do i would agree with that i mean that's the reason we all watch you know these shows that we binge whether we're sitting down and we binge ozark or the boys you know we're not necessarily looking for action we're not necessarily looking for good looking people we're looking for story and the reason we watch the next one and we can't wait until the next better call saw is story so i'm excited to see what's possible i think something's going to happen in the next few years and it's a shame what what could have happened back here because your boy rob van dam was backstage at this show in orlando as was dory funk jr I mentioned Rob Van Dam though, because he was on raw just a few weeks prior to this and, uh, it's interesting to think what could have been, of course we know. Raven and dance and Stevie Richards are there. Lots of ECW folks. And I look at here, the NWO coming out to take a listen to Lex Luger. Let's track the end here. Cause I think we got a big moment coming. If I had to guess
6: building. Yeah, boy. And you know, so he came out and he's now issued the challenge of Hogan. This was very predictable. You could see this one coming, Mike. Tony,
3: I, I, I think I need to leave. Eight against one. Eight of them walking to the ring. I don't need to get involved in this. This is going to be a violent night. Ogre and Bale, you're smart. get out of there. Hit the silk.
6: And they're surrounding the ring. Surrounding the ring. No giant to be found. Okay. You guys need to leave. Who is? You got me anymore, I don't know. I would say this is Sting, but you guys need to. Who in the world is this? Who is this? And, you know, is this well-let me say right now, it's it's not Kevin Nash, because it's not Totham! It's, it's, it's,
3: it's Sting! It's Sting! So now come and get some of this! Ladies and gentlemen, good night, bitch! I can't believe it. Sting.
0: How fun Well, that was, was that. weird. It was a nice ending, though. Having Sting yeah. show up.
5: Yeah. Having Sting imitating Sting. That's kind of crazy. And it was so fun because I didn't know that was going to happen. I forgot all about that. And it was so funny watching it because I, as I'm watching what we wanted everybody to think was the fake Sting, I'm thinking, whoever this fake Sting is sucked at it. That's exactly what I was thinking just now. That fake sting sucked. I don't know who he is, but I bet we never see him again.
0: And then it's the
5: and then it's actually sting. I was kind of fun. I dug that.
0: That is the most Eric Bischoff moment. Uh, by the way, speaking of Eric Bischoff moments, I'm looking forward to having a few Eric Bischoff moments at the end of the month. Because now not only are you and I going to want to de-stress together because, you know, these big conventions and get togethers can sometimes be stressful, at least for one of us, we, uh, we usually like to tip a cold one or two back and I'm pretty mm. fired up about it because you and I will both be ready with Z bionics, pre-alcohol probiotic. It's the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by PhD scientists to tackle those rough mornings after drinking now, here's how it works. When you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. And it's this byproduct, not dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. ZBiotics produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. It's designed to work like your liver, but in your gut where you need it the most. Just remember to drink ZBiotics before drinking alcohol, drink responsibly, and get a good night's sleep to feel your best tomorrow. Now, I have put this to the test, Eric. I knew uh, old Richard was coming to town a couple of weeks ago, and I made sure before we went out to meet him, let's go ahead and chug one of these Z Biotics. And I have to admit, the first time I tried it, which at this point was maybe six months ago, I was amazed at how good I felt the next day. Now I know I can count on it every single time. I feel the difference the next day in a major way. Give Z Biotics a try for yourself. Go to zbiotics.com forward slash 83 weeks. To get 15% off your first order when you use 83 weeks at checkout. Now, Z is backed by a 100% money back guarantee. So if you're unsatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. The guy's StarCast is right around the corner. Everybody's going to be there. And there's an after party, and you know there's going to be some drinking. So why not go ahead and buy some for you and a friend? Uh, I like the idea of doing that. So remember to head to zbiotics.com slash 83 weeks, use that promo code 83 weeks at checkout. You'll save 15% off, but guys it's science. Come on now, get you some zbiotics.com forward slash 83 weeks. Eric, we went the whole show and I managed to not totally shill all the different matches that we've got going down for Ric Flair's last match. But Hey, guess what? That's over with now. It's time for me to shill. I'm so excited and I'm so proud of what we've put together, and before you and I clicked Record, we took a minute to to sort of catch up and go down Memory Lane and talk about all the fun stuff we've done. And we put together Starcast, the very first one surrounding All in, and that ultimately led to the creation of Aew. And wrestling has never quite been the same. And then when Aew was going to run their first show ever, we ran Starcast Two out in Las Vegas. And then, before CM Punk ever got back into the wrestling business, long before he was with AEW, way before he jumped on that Fox show, that FS1 show, he showed up at StarCast 3 and told his side of the story and caught up with wrestling fans after folks thought he would never come back. And then, somehow, as luck would have it, at StarCast 4, we found Jim Crockett Jr. And he was the big white whale of conventions. Nobody could get him to come out, we got him to come out meet with fans in Baltimore and talk about the good old days of Jim Crockett Promotions and now at Starcast 5 unbelievably Jim Crockett Promotions is back. One Last Time match.com. uh we just launched episode 1 of the Last Match docu series it's a three-parter uh episode 1 aired last week episode 2 airs tonight at 605 everybody has been wanting to know Who's Rick's opponent? It will be revealed tonight in episode two at Ric Flair's last match at 6:05 Eastern. But episode one sort of set the stage, Eric, and it, it talked about why Rick wants to wrestle at 73 years old. Because I know there was a big debate. I know a lot of people said what other people should or shouldn't do. But it turns out it ain't up to them, it's up to the nature boy himself. And you got some context of why this is important. And you got to see episode one last week, you and I exchanged some text messages about it, but we haven't spoken. What'd you think of episode one of the docu series over at com? I think it was, it was
5: so powerful. So powerful. In fact, I shared it, uh, with Bill Shaw. Wow. Um, I, I still stay in touch with Bill and he, he was, it really impacted him. It really did. It's so powerful. But I, you know, and I wasn't one of those that was critical of Rick or even questioned Rick when I heard he was going to do this because I I don't know Rick as well as you do. Obviously, I'm not as close to him as you are, but I've known him for a long time and and there's been times in our relationship when I was pretty close to Rick and I know what makes him tick, at least I, I have a little bit of an idea of what makes him tick and I'm happy for him, and I'm inspired by him, by the way. If you look at the work he's putting in and the commitment he's making to this, it means the world to him. This is his life, and he's not ready to give up on it yet. He's not ready to quit. He's got to have that one last moment in the sun before he can really put this part of his life behind him. And I'm I'm inspired by him, I truly am. Very few people have the balls to do what he's doing, and 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 are willing to commit and do the work that he's doing. I just I'm so proud of him and proud to call him a friend. He's, this is just amazing. And I, I I honestly, when I heard about this, somebody asked me, oh, what do you what do you think?" I said, I, "Here's what I think. I think I'm going to be one of the luckiest people in the world." to be able to sit there at ringside and watch somebody who I've known for 25 or 30 years now and have some history with experiencing a moment that very few people in the world ever get to experience. And that, that connection to that audience on that night for Rick, every s- nanosecond of it is going to be genuine It's going to be real and it's going to be emotional.
0: We get started on Friday, the 29th with the roast of Rick flair. And, uh, it's going to be a who's who event. You're not going to believe some of the folks who couldn't attend, but did send in videos that have some pretty fun things to say to Rick. And, uh, the next (laughs) day we've got, uh, something I'm pretty proud of the horseman reunion. People thought this would never happen. We've got the horsemen together on stage for the first time and the last time, We've also got an opportunity to hear from guys we haven't heard from in a while, like Brian Danielson, like Claudio Castagnoli, Bret Hart is going to celebrate the 30th anniversary of his incredible SummerSlam 92 match. That all happens on Saturday. Uh, And then of course there's SummerSlam and new Japan's in town. They've got a show. Um, but then the next day, man, something special. Ric Flair's very last match. Episode one really talked about Rick's motivation and you got to hear the story of how he almost lost his life five years ago and how almost 10 years ago he lost his son and now he's wanting to be Ric Flair one last time. And that episode ended. I don't want to give you a spoiler. Actually, I will give you a spoiler. I'm going to play the interview, but I'm going to encourage you to go watch it and see what you think. If you're on the fence, go to Rickflair'slastmatch.com. Watch the docu-series. It's only about 20 minutes. That's episode one. But tonight at 6.05, well, something a little different.
6: If someone relies on you financially, your spouse, your child, anyone, life insurance gives you the peace of mind that they'll have a financial cushion if something ever happens to you. By making it easy to compare your options from top companies, Goliath Life helps make sure you're not paying a penny more than you have to. For the life insurance coverage, you need to protect those you love. At GoliathLife.com, you can compare personalized quotes from top companies to find your lowest price. The process is fast and easy with no hidden fees, upsells, or hassles. Goliath Life is your one-stop shop to find the life insurance you need at the right price. Head to GoliathLife.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's GoliathLife.com.
0: But let me leave you with this before we run through the card. This is the promo that we aired to uh, close episode one. And we, uh, here's how this, some context, to all this Rick, uh, or, or Eric, we, uh, we, we interviewed a lot of people who knew Rick. We interviewed his first wife, uh, my mother-in-law. We interviewed Magnum TA. We interviewed Tommy Young. Uh, we interviewed Nikita. We interviewed Arn Anderson. We got Brock Anderson. We got a bunch of folks, uh, to sit down and talk about. Rick's return, including his training partner, I guess until recently, Jay lethal, uh, I don't know what all happened there, but everybody sat down and told their story about what Rick meant to the culture, to them, to wrestling, and we chucked it all up. But at the end of our big sit down interview with Rick, I said, okay, Rick. Um, and this, this was done, I don't know, six, eight, 10 weeks ago, whatever it was, um, just look in the camera and cut a promo for us. Just hyping up the show. That was the instruction. I didn't say here's a script. I didn't say here's some bullet points. I didn't nothing. And at this point, you know, we're still just training and filming footage for the series. We don't know all the particulars. And Rick just looked down for a minute and goes, okay, I'm ready. And here we go.
4: July 31st. Nashville, Tennessee, as promised, Ric Flair will walk that aisle one more time. Guaranteed this time to be the last time. So I've spent the last three months of my life getting ready to kick some ass and prove to anybody that's ever doubted who I am, ever been skeptical of why I got to be where I was and then are skeptical of what I'm doing right now by the pay-per-view. I've been the man my whole life. It's 1981. I paid the price. I bled and sweat. I cried. I've done it all. July 31st, I'm gonna kick someone's ass. And there's 9,000 people that are gonna stand up and say, "Fuck." Ric Flair is still the man at 73 years old. And to try and do what I'm gonna do, which is make people hungry for real wrestling. Real wrestling, not shit that's scripted and written down. Not stuff you gotta memorize shit that you think about your whole life. You live with it. You bring it. The 31st. Walk that aisle. Everybody is going, holy shit, here he comes. And it, you know why? It's because I'm a big fucking deal. One nature boy. One man. One legend. Forever. Woo! Wow.
0: That's, that's amazing. You know, here's the deal. It feels real because it is, this is a big deal to Rick. This match is important. And when it says last match, he means it. And I knew there was naysayers and I knew there were boo birds and I knew there were people who would question it and wouldn't be on board with it and didn't understand it. But episode one lays out his motivation and for those of you who were against it, thought it was a terrible idea, we managed to load up that undercard to where I'm so proud of it. I think it might be the non AEW, non WWE show of the year. You got Clark Connors and Ren Narita from New Japan Pro Wrestling. You got Killer Cross with Scarlett Bordeaux in his corner taking on Harry Smith. It's a rematch, it's only happened once before, and it was at Bloodsport years ago. So there's no ropes. It's not a traditional wrestling match. This time it's in a traditional wrestling ring. Harry got his hand raised last time. We'll see who gets their hand raised this time. A three-way for the Impact Championship. Mrs. Grace is going to defend her belt against Rachel Ellering. Her dad knows a thing or two about Jim Crockett promotions and Diana Perrazzo, who is probably one of the better women wrestlers in the world. How about Josh Alexander defending his Impact World Championship Against Jacob Fatu, one of the tippy top guys from MLW. That's interpromotional. It shouldn't happen. It's never happened before, and it's happening for the very first time right here. What Meltzer thought might be the match of the year had five guys in it at Triple Mania. Four of those same five competitors are here for Triple A Bandito, the Rado Kid, Taurus, and arguably one of the best wrestlers on the planet, Ray Phoenix a dream match that people thought should have happened and never happened. The American wolves, the best tag team in the world, 10 years ago, taping, taking on the very best tag team from 10 years ago. They never faced the motor city machine guns. It happened once at an indie show, like 12 years ago, but never again, this dream match is finally happening on a big stage. And speaking of big stages, how about dim boys, the Briscoes, one of the best tag teams in the world right now, taking on another multi-generation tag team, the Von Ericks, Marshall and Ross are here. Kevin Von Eric's sons are gonna get introduced to the Briscoes for the very first time ever. That's gonna be a hard-hitting affair. And then how about a little legacy? The Rock and Roll Express will be represented by Kerry Morton and his father, Ricky Morton, with Robert Gibson in their corner as they take on Brian Pillman Jr. and Arn Anderson's son, Brock Anderson,
5: with well, Arn so cool, in their corner. Brother.
0: That is so cool. I love that. Come on, man. This is gonna be awesome. It's all happening in Nashville on Sunday, July 31st, the day after SummerSlam. And who's on the call? Well, it's JCP. Who do you think? It's David Crockett and Tony Schiavone. we got our pre-show starting at 6.05 Eastern. The pay-per-view is on sale now for just 35 bucks. You can get it on satellite. You can get it on cable. And, of course, you can get it on fight. All the details are at RicFlair'sLastMatch.com. But I think the undercard, which, by the way, there's still another match or two to be announced. Uh, it's going to be a star studded affair. It's going to be one of the better shows of the year in terms of dream matchups, crazy things that you couldn't see. I mean, think about all the companies that are represented, AEW ring of honor, new Japan, MLW impact, the NWA AAA. my gosh, it is a who's who. And the main event will be announced tonight at rickflareslastmatch.com. You want to be sure to see that episode, episode one, I recommend you watch, but episode two that drops tonight closes the gap and I'm fired up, dude. I think this is going to be a big show and I think, uh, fans should make plans to be in Nashville or at least join us on fight at com. What say you? I, I, I think you're being a little conservative
5: when, when, when you talk about your expectations, and this show being one of the biggest shows outside of WWE or AEW, I think when it's all said and done, this is going to be one of the best shows of the year, including WWE and AEW. Just just listening to this card and Ric Flair's last match and the roast, the, the, the entire weekend is going to be one of the best weekends for wrestling fans in any company of this year and probably in the last couple of years it's going to be a fun emotional powerful weekend with as you just laid out some fantastic action it's the the best of the old and the new man i don't know how it gets better than
0: that and what a cool thing we're uh, we're raffling off rick flair's retirement robe uh, the proceeds will be going to the first step foundation that's all at robe dot com or just rickflareslastmatch dot com wherever you're looking for. Uh, we tried to make this as inclusive as we could and and have something for everybody and try to celebrate and make the most of the moment. But Eric, I'm glad you're gonna you're gonna be there with us and I don't know where I'll be watching, but I'm sure you'll be. At my elbow somewhere, and I can't wait for us to get there, man. Nashville's gonna yeah, be yeah. I,
5: I hope we have a chance to watch it together. I know you've got a big team, and there's a lot of people that are gonna want to share that moment with you. I hope I'm within proximity because I I know I know what's gonna happen to me. <laughs> i it's gonna be. I'm looking forward to it, and I hope I get to share the moment with you.
0: Check it out. Ric Flair's last match.com. And before you get out of here, got a quick question for you. Are you a fan of professional wrestling? Well, of course you are. That's why you're listening to this podcast. Whether you're a fan of professional wrestling companies today, or whether you were glued to your TV on Monday nights and your favorite wrestlers are no longer active. We have the perfect free mobile game for you on both Android's Google play and Apple's app store. It's ultimate wrestling trivia. Feel the flood of memories come rushing back as you test your knowledge on all things from the world of professional wrestling by playing ultimate wrestling trivia. You're not alone in this quest as they've enlisted the help of more than 30 of their famous friends to ask you some of the questions and cheer you on. They'll celebrate when you answer a question correctly or bust your chops. When you get one wrong, the game has multiple former world champions, including five hall of famers like Kevin Nash, Eric Bischoff, Tony Atlas, big Papa pump, Scott Steiner, and Jerry, the King Lawler. Download, download ultimate wrestling trivia today and see where you stack up against the competition on the leaderboard. Search ultimate wrestling trivia in the app store or the Google play store, or go to ultimate for more information. And if you like trivia, you'll love ultimate wrestling trivia, the free mobile game over 10,000 questions, more than 650 video questions, and over 30 wrestlers, including all these legends, including our very own Eric Bischoff. Find out who knows more wrestling trivia between you and your friends. When you play all the games and join the same faction to download, just search ultimate wrestling trivia in the Apple app store or Google play store, or go to ultimate wrestling, Trivia.com for more info. I bet that was a, a blast to help put together. Was it not Eric? I actually had fun. It was, it was a fun shoot. I did, uh, I did my videotaping
5: at a, a an event and went over to the hotel, they had a nice set, you know, laid out and it was very well produced, very well organized. And I, I was actually having a blast doing it. It's going to be a fun game to play. And there's some, there's some, there's some fun personalities in it. So yeah, you're going to want to check it out.
0: Fire it up right now. Ultimate wrestling Trivia.com. Just look for it on your app stores. Uh, and Hey, it's going to be something you can do on your way to Nashville at the end of the month. Uh, Eric, do you know what day you're coming in yet? Cause I think you and I may need to get some of that Z biotics and tip a few back. Well, before yeah, everybody's I'm coming
5: in, in on the 28th. Oh, good. I'm Coming in a day before I, flights I, being what they are chaos being what it is. I don't want anything that would to happen that would prevent me from being on time. So I'm coming in the day before and that's a great way to pregame.
0: I was thinking the same thing. Uh, I I'm fired up about it. I know you are. I can't wait to uh, read your new book. Uh, can we, can we reveal when we're thinking the book might be ready? Do we know yet? Eleven eleven twenty two. Oh, so there you go. So bischoffbook.com, uh, be on the lookout for that this November. I go ahead and pre-order right now. I can't wait to see how this QR code thing works out. You got me super interested in that. And of course, in the meantime, you and I, Circling our calendars, dude. We're less than two weeks away from Starcast. And tonight, 605 Eastern, Ric Flair's Last Next week, you and I are going to be back here chopping it up, talking about your WWF run from way back when. I guess it was WWE, hmm. but uh your oh four run. So all of two thousand four. Eric Bischoff in two thousand four in wrestling. How about that? Is that gonna be fun? Painful? Can't wait. Somewhere I know I was there,
5: but I don't remember any of it. So this <laughs> should be fun. <laughs>
0: It is going to be a lot of fun. In two weeks, we'll be back talking about our old pal. Uh, I can't believe this is real, but we'll be back talking about our old pal, Steve Mongo McMichael. As you said earlier, what a soldier, what a trooper he's been lately. Uh, we'll hit up uh, Hulk Hogan uh, and talk about him uh, helping save WCW, if you will, on August 8th. The impact of uh, Rey Mysterio and Lucha Libre after WCW is what we'll talk about in mid August. And then we're going to hit that famous my spot promo at the end of the month. And then of course the NWO mocking it the very next week, it's going to be a loaded August and it'll be here before you know it. Of course you get all these shows early and ad free, including strictly business and a whole lot of other really cool stuff, uh, over at adfreeshows.com. Uh, but until next week, I'm looking forward to it, dude. This is going to be a, a big couple of days for us at rickflareslastmatch.com. And I'll see you next week right here on 83 weeks with Eric Bischoff. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings
6: tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together...